Welcome to the Helihead Show. This is episode number 20. I am your host, Skids, and with me is Gucci. Hello, my friends. And we got yard sale in the house. Mopile, baby. And we've got fence post change my fleet. Let's get her done. All right. <laughs> get her done. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Here we go. Another episode. What's that music again? All right, you guys. What you been up to, man? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> I'll go at once. Uh, <laughs> Changing uh, fleets. Uh, so what? Huh? No. No. <laughs> no, he wouldn't yeah. do that. He said I, he wouldn't. I knew I yeah. should have placed bets. Flying goblins, even though I hate them. What? No. Ooh. Fake news. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't have anything to fly. Twenty twenty. Oh. That's me. Hang on. Yeah, you're the only one with that helicopter. No, you have a helicopter, right? You have an old one. Uh, but it's not flyable. Oh. So oh, nice. well, I am where yard sales started this podcast. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Come full circle. So it's my turn. It's no fun, but it it, it can only go up from there. That's <laughs> right. I'm rock bottom right now. So <laughs> look at this way. You can't rekit nothing. <laughs> That's a good point. No yeah, crashes in your week. I want to be so mad at that statement, but I just can't. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> You're not sure if you resent it or resemble it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I definitely. I'm sorry, but the only like song that comes to mind when it comes to that is "Oops, I Did It Again." (laughs) You know the story about the guy who traded the paperclip and ended up with like a house and a car and all that. Yeah, Kevin, I think you did it the wrong way. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Treated himself into poverty. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's very possible. Yeah. Yeah, I did get the the message today of a helicopter that I sold, and the person replied with. What? <laughs> like, why would you do that? <laughs> so, yeah. I traded my only flying helicopter, and I have nothing now. So, wah, wah, wah. You have some good friends. Uh, yeah. I, you, and you have the memories. Well, mm, kind of. Memories. Debatable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike is going to enjoy it. Yard sales got a plan for for the Spectre. Yeah, we'll see. Dos dos sphincteros. Yeah, equipo sphincter sucio. <laughs> sucio <laughs> times dos. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, good to be back. Let's get started. Uh, Do it. First things first, we'd like to thank everyone who listens to this podcast, downloads, streams. However you do that, we certainly do appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you very much. And uh, with that, how about we dive into some weeks? Let's do it, Gucci. Hit it. Mm, keep it simple. 96 is back alive. However, after about six flights, it's lost its oomph again. Oh, so... Yeah, I think uh, overall, just um, I did like six flights, and the seventh flight uh, on the ninety-six, it you know, it just out of nowhere just lost its power. Like you, you couldn't do two TikToks in a row without really kind of just not pulling through anymore. So took it down, brought it home, and I looked, and you could see it through the um, through the exhaust port. 
you could see the gap, the ring gap. So when I put in when the new ring on and I, I've actually reassembled it, I oriented, I put the um, Conrad pretty much the wrong direction. So um, put it, pull it back around, place it on there, and it's actually flying good now. Uh, me and Mike messed around with it last weekend, and it, you know, it, it's still in tune mode. But I did get to go outside yesterday, and um, overall, what I found out is motor's doing fine. I kind of went slow on it. I'm just leaving it rich. But what I got to do is I got to do a little bit more tuning on the agility, style, and expo. So I'm nice. getting to kind of get it back locked in. And actually now I, th I feel like it's a little bit closer to what Mike's uh, Black Nitro feels like. And I'll let Mike kind of talk about our experience on uh, the coldest day in uh, Maine uh, known to man. <laughs> because yeah. it, was pretty, it was pretty rough. But um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm still tuning on it. I don't think I'm going to push the, that 96 as much. I, I don't think it's one of those that we really could be on the limit with it for long before it pops on you so i'm gonna be careful but that's yeah. about it fly you know? it man well that's i think that's we talked about this just get it to a point where it flies and it pulls through even though it might be a little bit rich and just fly it and then we if put, you really we put an os tune on that baby though so it's good <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like yeah it, it pulls it's good i just fly it man you know that's the os way i guess but <laughs> that's all i got you know just get some flying in still messing around with the ys is trying to i guess understand them you got to speak to them which kind of sounds weird but it is what it is um and that's about it um that's all i got so mike you want to follow up yeah we could talk and do uh let's let's dive into our our little meetup that we had so we did the the bulk fuel order and uh met up with gucci at the Nighthawks field to grab our fuel and put some of the other people's fuel. We locked it up to keep it safe from the nitro criminals out there. <laughs> the purple. So, yeah, we locked it up. So if you're uh, listening to this and you haven't gotten your fuel yet, you better hurry up because when I run out of mine, I'm going into there to grab whatever's in there. <laughs> Forget that. I'm, I'm jumping in the car. It up. I'm driving, driving there tonight. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was what, uh, 20 degrees gucci 30 degrees maybe it, it felt i think the the feel outside was 26 degrees yeah wow just atrocious for for meeting up with the field to do some flying freaking canada mm. yeah. yeah i mean and literally, yeah and i literally like i did i flew the the crack in the first time for you know what was it like four minutes or something like that because it was still super rich so it ate through the the tank pretty quick but then when I went inside the car to warm up, my fingertips hurt. Like, I, you know, they hurt for like 20 minutes before they warm back up. Bitch mittens. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, I, I was crying, man. You know, you can he say was. whatever you want to say, but I was, no. I, I really contemplated on just saying, here's the fuel. Let me go home. But I met up with Mike. So I was like, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna tough it out for at least a, yep. one or two flights more. There you go. Now we talk. Any, anytime you meet up with yard sale, you gotta burn a tank of fuel. Mm. <laughs> it's the rule. Ni nitro, baby. Yep. More power, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we uh, I let Dan fly the black nitro, and he was really digging it. 
I don't really know if I care for it too much still. I did some more tuning on it. It's it's meh to me. I think it's the weight that I don't really care. I mean, it doesn't fly bad. It flies great. It flies really good. It just doesn't really have the fuel that I like. I like my stuff really super light and floaty. Yeah. It needs and a lot I, just, I understand. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. so he, so here's the deal, Mike. I, I think it, you know, the weight that you're talking about, it's it's in line even with kind of with the crack and it. it carries a little bit more weight. I'm not saying it's lighter or heavier. Or it just feels that way, right? Let me, what let I me, like. Let me chime in for just a second. I, I don't know if this will make you feel better because you and I haven't actually had this conversation, but mine did not feel light. I mean, heavy, sorry. Mine did not feel heavy at all. And I'm not going to sit here and start doing the whole YSOS bash thing. Like, it literally did not feel that way. So, I'm trying to give you the confidence boost that maybe it you just need to work with a little bit more. Because it didn't well, feel that way to me, man. But what what have you... What were you flying before that? Did you have a a light 700? No, I mean, it was Or lighter Drake. 700? It was the Drake. Oh, that's the same same thing. That's... Yeah. Not considered a light helicopter, I don't think. Yeah, but it didn't feel it didn't feel like it was there was a lag. Extra floaty. Yeah, I mean, but I was also flying the seven thirteen XFs on them too. Mm. Yeah, see I'm only running seven hundreds. Okay. And that's one thing that I said that I was gonna try was the different blades, which I haven't tried yet. Yeah. I wanted to try some switch blades on it. How much collector are you running? Uh, well, I, I took your advice and went to 13 degrees More on the collective. That. Just try um, it just for shits and giggles. Just do 14, 14 and a half and just see what happens. Scott, you don't like it, turn you off. set mine up as? Because you were the one who did all that that day. I don't remember. I think probably 14. So there you go. I mean, and, and I didn't make any changes when I left Charlotte and I never once said to myself like, hmm, kind of thing feels a little portly. Never thought yeah. that. It felt quick. It makes it boogie. And the, the one thing that I really don't care for on it is for some reason, and I know it's not the helicopter, it's something with my setup or, you know, one of the, the servos that I have, but the when I put it in a hurricane, I have to drive the shit out of the tail. It does oh. not it does not stay where you put it. Oh wow. You have, like you're chasing it left and right, left and right through the whole hurricane. It's so uncomfortable to do a hurricane. Change and that. I haven't really I haven't really like put like did a hard tail tune on it and you know took the gain all the way up to where it's barking at you and then brought it back down. So I mean the t- the game might still be a little bit on the softer side. And when I load it up like that going tail first, you know you're putting a lot of stress on the tail. Sure. So it might just be low enough that it's hunting around a little bit. I don't know. So I, I, I just need to get more time on it and see. Yeah. So observation, Mike, when you put it into that hurricane inverted nose first, the tail start dropping down on you. So the nose was moving left. Mm-hmm. Which way is the torque going left? Right. So it, the nose was pulling, was getting pulled by the torque and the tail was not holding it at that point. That's right. why it was dropping on you. So it might be that. Cause I noticed it too. Like the moment you start going at like three o'clock going counterclockwise, the moment you hit like th- the three o'clock mark, it was like already dropping on you sagging. Right. Yeah. And you got to 
steered around it's up it's down it's up it's down it's yeah but cyclic wise i think it was it was slower than what i'm used to my cyclic but it felt very locked in like i felt like honestly the only reason why i didn't do more is because my i couldn't feel my fingers really at that point but i was starting to get used to it and it's not like where you it's out of control or you can't guess what it's going to do where I felt like some other helicopters that I've flown even the Kraken when I moved to the 26 uh, millimeter arms it was just like so fast it was like you better be on your game because that thing is going to flip over so quick that it's just unbearable you know like you you almost have to think 20 steps ahead instead of five and when you're cold the first thing that you're going to notice that the tail is unhappy because your fingers are numb Right. That's yeah, that's but I did notice it when it was warmer and I flew it. Okay. I noticed the same thing. So but uh uh I mean it might be me putting inputs in. I mean, I don't think so because I could do hurricanes just fine on every everything else. It just feels like I'm you know, I gotta drive it around a lot more than what I should. It's different power though too. I'm not trying to make excuses, I'm just saying that uh I think you need more time with it. I do. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely need more time with it because it's because it's a solid machine, like it really is. Yeah, and I want it to work because I mean, it's it really is or could be the ultimate nitro. You know, there's no boom supports; it's belt driven, so you can fly low and bash the tail off the ground a couple times, and hopefully exactly. not have to strip your gears. Which you know, <laughs> I, I did a flight. <laughs> I did a flight on my on the Horex uh, last weekend, and it lasted all but thirty seconds. <laughs> And just just barely hit the ground with the skids, and the tail was down on the ground. Right. Got, you know, hit the grass, it stripped them out, and that was it. Yeah. yeah. So it gets frustrating putting gears in all the time, but that thing flies pretty good. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm going to keep picking away at it. I just finally got the canopy in for it today. So I have to at least put a couple flights in with the canopy on it since go. I did order a canopy for it. So get her, get her broke in, and then I'll buy it from you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um we got the 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 sphincter is coming home. Yes. So ended up me and Kevin worked a deal. Um and I'll kinda let you dig into that a little bit, but uh I'm gonna have twin specters here. Uh right now I have one and a half, so hopefully USPS pulls it together and does their job the way that they're supposed to do it and Uh, we'll get the other half here but sphincter stusio dusio yeah well (laughs) at least you got the important half I mean the other half isn't so bad you know right yeah it was just what the the The, tail boom and the battery trace which is not a tough pill to swallow if it has to go that way so right um yeah, other than that, I uh, got my connector swapped out for the RC Pro Plus, the D6s. Got all my connectors switched out. So What a sellout. Yeah, I'm liking them, man. The soldering <laughs> job was super easy. And What did you they, find before that? I had XT150s before that. Oh, wow. Is that the individual AMAS ones? Yes. Yeah, so they're, they're similar to AMAS, but they have a dovetail on them. So you can like hook them together to make it a dual connector. Who makes those? Uh, I don't know. They're just called XT 150s. Oh, I got, I heard, I heard about them from RCHN. Nick Len used to run them. They're six oh. millimeter bullets. But the problem is nobody else runs them. So if you crash your helicopter, you need somebody to burn your battery down for you. Yeah. It's not going to happen. 
somebody needs to bum your charger, it's not going to happen. So that was kind of like I said last episode, that was the whole driving factor was, you know, to be able to uh, have the same connectors as other people to make life a little easier when I needed to, you know, utilize it. So, right. Uh, but yeah, I got all those done and listed the XL520 up for sale and ended up working out a deal with Dan and one of his good friends uh, from Romania. I right, like Dan? you. Yes, very much. <laughs> yep. So we're going to send it home to Romania. To Kazakhstan. Yeah. <laughs> Kazakhstan. <laughs> My XL. He's It'll number one prostitute in the whole of Romania. <laughs> yeah, so the whole backstory is I, I've been really kind of, there's somebody that's flown helicopters before in Romania that's kind of getting back into it after taking a break to drones. Let me wash it down. Some, out to him. Let, oh, let me God. wash it down with some cracking rum. Oh, mm. It was calling out to him going, you never get this. You never get this. <laughs> then one day he got that. But, you know, he really wanted it. He, he couldn't find. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> and then one day la, 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 Mike, la. Mike Sobe said, you're going to get this. You're going to get this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was looking for a used one because you know the, he he wasn't trying to buy a new one just yet. Like he was planning to save if he's got to save because he couldn't find a used one. Well, this one came up and and I worked something out with Mike and we're gonna figure out shipping and everything else. But the guy is super stoked. So yep. from what I see, you get I mean, a castle. La, la, you, la, get la, a, la. you get the tribunus, <laughs> Mike. He wants the new Pamela. Uh, I have a chair. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Adi from Romania is getting an XL here probably in a couple of weeks. And now from what I see, it's probably going to be the first one in the whole country, which is Does pretty cool. Does he listen to the show? Of course he listens to the show. I told him oh. to better hit that. He better <laughs> smash that like button. Yeah, he's God. not going to buy it now. He's going to be offended. <laughs> like, this motherfucker's made fun of me the whole time. Uh, no, he uh, he's really cool. Like, he's, you know, he he's trying to get to kind of absorb all the new information on the new technology that we have, like, you know, telemetry on spectrum and brain and everything. You know, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. You know, and it's not like, you know, the manual for brain, too, comes in Romanian, you know. So, you know, and he speaks English actually very well, but still there's a lot of different terminology that might not be a direct correlation, you know? So yeah. Technical English doesn't translate like conversational English. Yeah. So, you know, I'm trying to kind of help him out the best I can with what I, I mean, got, you know, got to think about it. I left when I was 13. Do you think I knew any terminology, you know, technical stuff when I was 13? Probably not. So right. well, uh, we're going to, you know, part of the deal is we're, uh, me and Dan are going to, do a, a setup for him on the icon and we're going to save the profile for him and send it over to him so that when he gets it, he can get it set up and just load that profile. He won't have to worry about setting it up or, you know, getting the tune should be fairly close anyways. So all we'll have to do is bind it to his radio and, and go. So yeah. And potentially even, a little easier and potentially even do the profile for the radio on a dx6 if we can and then just send him that too to load it up on his dx8 gen 2 so then all he has to do really just upload the profiles and rock it right yep cool 
So other than that, man, that's uh, that's pretty much it. That is all that I have been up to. All right, Scott, what you got, man? Uh, <clears throat> Jason, hopefully, and then um, I'm sorry. Went ahead. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. What? what? Uh, no, nothing that important. I just changed my whole fleet. Um, <laughs> um, so last episode, you said you were really la, happy la, with la, your la, fleet. La, 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 la. Moving on. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. What? Okay. So let's let's back up for just a moment. We recorded right, the episode on a Thursday night, yeah. and you said, and I quote, "I'm very happy with my fleet." This is where I'm staying. This is this is it. Yeah. What did I have then? A logo and two Goblin Black Thunders. Yeah. That. Oh my God. Really. The next day. Because <laughs> I had two logos like two days before that. The next day Jeez. it changed. Mm. Yeah. The episode so, hadn't even released yet, and you like completely. I don't even think everything. it was. It wasn't even a full twenty-four hours, was it? No. It wasn't released. Yeah. It was the next day. Wow. So, yeah, um, I I don't own any logos anymore, <laughs> and I'm I might not own any Black Thunders anymore. Mm. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, sounds I mean, like you're really happy with your fleet. Yeah, I was right. at the field and I was flying my logos, and I had just traded this guy a logo for a Black Thunder, and he loved the logos. Mm. So I was like, oh, cool, awesome. So I was flying mine, he was flying his. And then he, he's just like sitting, staring at my other one. I'm like, what are you doing? And he said, uh, you want to sell me another logo? <laughs> I was like, not really. Like, I love this thing. It's been fantastic. I have no issues with it. It flies true and straight. It's going to be what makes me fly more responsible. So I don't beat on helicopters and destroy everything. That was the intent. And, uh, well, he's like, I'll give you my Kraken for it. I'm like, oh, God. So... We ended up working a deal, traded the logo for the Kraken, and then I ended up maybe selling another another Black Thunder and then buying another Kraken. So I have two Krakens now. <laughs> I have a yellow and an orange one, and I did the 26 millimeter arms and then that little version four fly barless dampener thing, I think, with 65 durometer dampeners, and I, I freaking love it. So I'm I'm back on that bandwagon again. Yeah. And I want to say permanently, if I don't, just, I don't know. <laughs> Tomorrow you might be yeah. flying something else. But I, I like them. I think I'm happy. I, I tried a bunch of stuff. I tried all the nitros a couple of years ago and finally stayed with the nitro that I really like. And then I went to electric and I tried a bunch of electrics and rounded myself back around to, not where I started, but kind of close to it and i'm i think i'm pretty happy right well mm. i guess on the bright side the oxy 3 did survive i had the oxy 3 the last show <laughs> and the only reason it survived was because it was in a box and i didn't see it right because <laughs> it got it got it re-kitted wasn't, and... it wasn't tradable that was the problem exactly i couldn't i couldn't liquidate that sucker <laughs> No, I really like that Oxy 3 as well. Um, so, did you notice a lot of change between the old Krakens? That, not old, you know, yeah. but the old setup that you had and the new setup? Big time. So, I, if I'm honest, I prefer to have Black Thunder's flu. I didn't like how the Kraken, when I first got it, it, I had to almost add more expo to it to make it kind of feel the same. It was very, very agile. Yeah. Um, it was just different. So, 
I know you say when you put the 26 mil arms on, it gets more agile, but to me, it felt more linear. And it felt yeah, more, more like my Black Thunder did. So it felt the same, like, same more, center stick as it did full to stick deflection kind of thing. Right. For the so most it was more part. locked in, right? Yeah, it felt more yeah. locked in. Yep. Um, and then, you know, so I did the full conversion where you do the 26 mil arms and you move the holes in the servos to the innermost hole and then redo your setup. That keeps it from getting like really wild. Right. Um, so it, it really does feel locked in and, and precise and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So, so um, I got, I got a, a, a slight change to that. So I did the, the 26 mil arms. Mm-hmm. I left the bow link on the servos in the middle. Yeah. But, a little changed, ballistic. but then I changed the distance in your uh, V control. So that, you know, the, where you go to swash plate expert. Yeah. And it's got the, the columns with all the different. If you you shrink your swash or whatever. Yeah. To, I think it's roughly 76, 77. Yeah. So, but your off center speed now is going to be more ballistic. Just right. Yeah. Inherently because of that, your servos are, are moving faster because it's, you know, it's, yeah. it gets more travel for the angle of rotation. So yeah. mine well, is slower, power, which is exactly <laughs> why I think it feels different then. So that, that's yeah. actually, I'm glad you told me that because I was baffled why some people think it makes it ballistic and other people yeah. say it makes it more linear and controllable. Yeah. So it, it must be the, the whole position on the servos that makes a big difference. So It does. Yeah. And, and I finally started to, because on my Nitra, I have the same type of setup. So mm-hmm. uh, what I did was just the other, yesterday, I actually started playing with the agility and putting more expo. So I'm up to 25 expo mm-hmm. and it it definitely tamed it around it's still very hooked in in the center like you know and it's quick but it's locked in however i don't feel like it was just like so it's almost like it was hitting a wall like if i really got on on the stick on the cycle stick it really moved almost too fast like it hit a wall mm-hmm. and i'm like you know it just didn't feel right i mean the whole helicopter i even had to kind of even reduce my gains on my head because it was just like so brutal that the, the whole like helicopter shook you know did you do an like, optimizer flight no, I don't do optimizer. I just do a trim flight. Uh, yeah, do an optimizer flight. I bet you the shake goes away and it's not as violent. Yeah. It well, helps tune I, in that stomp, that degain stomp. Yeah, so what I did was I went down to from 90 to, or it wasn't 90, it was roughly 90, I think, on the gain for the head. I went down to 80 and it it completely went away. That's high. And, I thought stock was like 75. Was it? Yeah, I, that's what I had. it. I don't know if it was just an old profile that I used and just re-edited or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I went down 10 points on whatever it was, and it, it went away, and it's still tracking just fine in the hurricane. The stops are very crisp and everything else. So I just took the edge off of it a little bit, and it's definitely feeling more more tame but yet it's still very much in control. So if I really want to flip it, like I'm 2 feet of the deck or 10 feet of the deck, but I really want to quickly you know roll it over it's just not so brutal that, like it was before well i mm-hmm. think the cool thing about the way scott has this set up and, and of course that's also the way kyle stacy uh had suggested is that at that point nothing really changes you know you've changed you change things mechanically but then the tuning stays the same as it did before so swashplate wise yeah you know what i mean so it, it it's basically the same at that point yeah so that's the one thing that i i like because it's at least it stays uniform to the rest of my helis you know what i mean where i don't have to remind myself like oh yeah i have this in a you know a different 
a totally different way of our approach. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, I got my my that whole swashplate distance. I got that from uh, Todd Dudek. From Todd Dudek. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> He was like, you know, he was like, this is what I did. I'm like, well, it works for him. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and it, and then again, he's not a 3D, like a hardcore, like Kyle Stacy style. He's more technical. smooth. He's very technical. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, if it works for him for very technical, very fluid motion type maneuvers, then, you know, I'm not a Kyle Stacy. I'm never going to be Kyle Stacy. So why not try that? And it works. You just, you still have to. Because even he is messing around with the uh, with the style, and I think last I talked to him, he said he's you know below seventy on the style too, mm-hmm. you know. And he runs, I think he runs a little bit more expo, you know, not what I was doing because my expo was was ten. Mm. Oh, wow. so I I literally could I'm push. Low, but, sorry, low. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but the problem with that was too is that. What I was noticing that, you know, I was still kind of hitting the ends at times. And I don't know if it was the stick or if it was just my, because I pinch or I hybrid, you know, pinch and thumb, whatever you want to call it. But I don't know if it was my, my fingers touching the, you know, the side of the pot or what. But it's interesting, you know, because I, I think, you know, we talked about this plenty. And just like Mike with the Black Nitro, I think it's just a lot of tuning that you got to try and see where you end up, you know, with some of these settings. Yeah. So yeah, two Krakens. I love the shit out of them. Fantastic. Um, flew the crap out of them this week, and then uh, flew some flights after work today. I really enjoyed myself. I might have accidentally broken my belt in my Kraken. Not sure how I did that, but thank God it did yeah. not go in. I saved it. So that's me used up all my luck coupons, which is really bad because I'm going to RCHO tomorrow. <laughs> so definitely going to put one in for sure. We'll see what happens there. Um yeah, other than that, I mean, as far as flying is concerned, I've been trying to sim a lot, trying to get a ton of flights in whenever I can, working on basics, working on maneuvers. And I've noticed that I'm not having to push myself as hard. I'm not as kind of panicky, I guess you could say, when you're flying. Like, you don't, I don't feel stressed. So I'm doing the same kind of maneuvers and stuff and flying as low as I have been, but it's getting easier which is fantastic because it, it's a little bit more relaxing. I'm not crashing as much. I'm not having any close calls on a regular basis. So it makes the hobby more enjoyable in my eyes that things are starting to starting to click a little bit, you know? Right. So I'm, I'm thrilled that that's happening. And, uh, yeah. So now it's time to start pushing into more advanced things that make me crap my pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even then, it's, nitro. It's, it's a reason, you know, like – it's not like you were just slamming the helicopter around and oops, it went in. Like you're, you're intentionally trying to progress, which is good. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it gets a little easier now after focusing on the basics too to catch it when something goes wrong. Like, let's say I do a maneuver and I don't know, just something goes wrong. I, I get disoriented or I have one of those moments where you freeze up because you go, oh crap, I'm really doing it kind of thing. But like, I feel like saving it in more directions is becoming more natural, more second nature. Like I don't have to think about it or freak out as much. I get that little moment of hesitation of I'm, I don't know if I have this and then boom, like your muscle memory kind of takes over and it's not a problem anymore. Right. So it's, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Uh, Other than that, I went to South Carolina to fly with some doofuses, which was great. Some of the coolest people in the hobby. (laughs) 
nah. <laughs> I had to recover that. Um, <laughs> Kevin was nice enough to. Kevin, he's me. talking about you. Nah, I, I am. <laughs> was <Yeah>. he? <laughs> uh, was I? Yeah. So I wanted to go fly with that that doofy, which was great. Um, ben and Doc came to go fly with us as well. That was nice. And Scott, what was Scott's last name? Scott did, did he come? Yeah. Yes. So he came. That was cool. Hung out with a lot of people. What was the guy's name that flew the airplanes that also flew helis as well? Was that the same guy? Chris Sormrud. Yeah. So he was a very nice gentleman. Yeah. Fun to talk to. He had an old T-Rex 600E and he had been out of the hobby for a while. Then he decided he was going to hop back in and he was flying that thing around pretty aggressively. And I was, uh, I was freaking out more than I think anyone else because there's a special place for that helicopter in my heart. And anytime it got a little, little hairy, I was like, Oh no, don't crash it. Right. Cause, uh, yeah. Cause I'm yeah. like, no dude, like I'll buy it off you. I love that helicopter. Right. Don't break it. And yeah, that, his was Scott, eyes, that was Scott Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. So in his he, eyes, it was like a disposable helicopter. Cause it was a fly bar <laughs> old model. And I'm looking at it like a classic, like you don't want to hurt it. Don't right. scratch the canopy kind of thing. So that was, that was freaking me out a little bit. It was cool. It was, <laughs> it was very cool. cool. Is that when you started stress eating Tostitos? Yeah. And I like eat the whole bag. Yeah. <laughs> like nice. don't crash it, please. Yeah. All you heard in the background. <laughs> Munching on Tostitos. That was me. Oh gosh. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, and that was my week. Not a whole lot. Oh, I guess that was my two weeks, huh? Cool. Yeah, it's more like two weeks. Yeah. Does that mean if I quit, I got to give my two weeks notice and I have to do another show after? That's right. Oh, that's right. Forget that. Never quitting. Mm. <laughs> Good. <laughs> right. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, so I ended up uh, my two weeks ago. Uh, I flew with Ben, Doc, Brandon, uh, Cooper from Savannah, as well oh, as geez. Scott Miller. Yep, Brandon was there too last weekend. I forgot. I'm sorry, Brandon. Yep. Um, yeah, we'll talk about him. But uh, so, flew with those guys. And, uh, you know, again, Scott Miller coming back to the hobby 10 years later, whatever it's been, you know, he's got all these flybarred helicopters. So, I alluded to it last uh, episode. And uh, the big secret is, is that he had a JR Vibe 50 that had never been flown, uh, just assembled. And he had these, you know, 600 uh, Curtis Youngblood Radix blades uh, to go with it. So I uh, managed to swindle him out of that. And, um, and I'm pretty excited about it. Like, it's going to be a lot of fun just to kind of see, you know, what it's like to fly a fly bar again, because it's been a long while. So, but, uh, you know, a lot of people do the 90 size. So I thought it'd be cool to go with the 50, uh, especially since that's what I was used to years ago. And, uh, and we'll see how it goes. Pretty excited about that. Um. That same weekend, uh, I flew the Spectre, um, and I determined that I like it, but I'm not in love with it, and um, it, it does fly, re- I don't want to misrepresent, it flies really good, but I hate to say this, Mike, but I'm coming home. I'm going back to Godwin. I'm sorry. So, uh, I just... Uh, real quick, the Heli Heads podcast is in no way, shape, or form <laughs> being uh, right. We're not being provided uh, helicopters or any yeah. sponsorships from anybody in the hobby. All commercials are done on our part. There is no money involved. 
<laughs> a flower I won't. That being said, we're changing their, the name of the podcast to This Week in SAB. That's right. <laughs> yeah. BK 2.0. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, I ended up having a conversation with Mike on the way back, and, uh, and he said, and I thought at first he was joking, but he was like, no, I'm being serious. If you want to sell it, you know, I'll buy it. And I was like, okay. So literally in that same probably hour, <laughs> uh, I r- strummed up another deal, uh, getting another uh, Black Thunder, more or less. And uh, so I have not received it yet, but it should be en route. But uh, um, at any rate, so I'm going to do that again. And, and I know it is goes against everything I was saying before. I'm a total hypocrite. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I don't feel bad. No shame. But uh, yeah, I just I like the way they fly. I I can't deny that that they fly really good. And um, I obviously I don't crash well. That's a known fact. But that's where it kind of leads into the next weekend. And um, you know Scott, uh, Zach Waddell, and Eric Shu came down from Charlotte, and then again Brandon Cooper came over from Savannah. And we all hung out in Charleston. Of course, uh, Ben and Doc and Scott Miller were there as well. Uh, Chris Stormrude showed up, which was awesome. Haven't seen that guy in forever. Um, and uh, we had an absolute blast. Uh, being that there was that many people coming, and I know, I know how Scott rolls. He's when when he shows up, he's there until dark. And so I was like, well, we better figure out some food. So uh, Ben and Doc donated a grill for the day. So we could grill out some food and just literally hang out and have a freaking awesome time. It was so much fun. Um, including your jokes, Scott. There was no jokes. No jokes? <laughs> no jokes, but the food was delicious. Oh, well, you're very welcome. It was, it was so much fun. Uh, so, of course, I shit-talked Scott, and I was trying to get him to do things. He was like, no. And... I happened to catch a really good flight. Thank goodness he wasn't paying attention. So you guys have all seen that flight. It was really cool. It was a terrible um, flight. Whatever. So, but the one thing is, is after that, he was doing exactly what he was talking about with being very intentional and literally practicing things at lower head speeds. And, uh, and it definitely resonated. I'm not going to lie. Um, it, it had me sort of thinking to myself, you know what? <sighs> Maybe it's time... I do the same, and maybe I won't crash as much. I don't know if that's possible. What? But, it uh, is. <laughs> you know, I don't know for me, but we'll see. Uh, so I, I kind of want to. I even was telling Ben and Doc, I was like, I, clearly, I need to get back to orientations, and, um, and here's why. So, uh, because I did not have the Spectre at that point, and I didn't have anything to fly, uh, everyone was super generous, and uh, Scott let me fly his Kraken. Um, which we'll talk about. And uh, Zach Waddell let me fly both of his logos. <laughs> we got to make fun of Zach. Waddle, 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 waddle. Okay, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a nice guy. I, I, uh, I'm not going to make fun listener. of you, Zach. Thanks. Yeah, one less listener. Um, but, Every uh, time I hear Eric Shu, I think Shubaru now. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, right? I love Shubaru. that shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so super, just such amazing people. It was so much fun. But uh, Zach let me fly his logos, and they were set up differently. One of them I did okay with. Later in that afternoon, I flew another one that he had set up a little differently. 
And it happened again, where literally off my left shoulder, I got backwards in my head somehow. And I did not crash it, but it was that moment where I was like, you know what, dude, you need to get your shit together. And I'm, I'm going to have to start figuring out how to overcome that roadblock. And uh, so I'm, I, I'm kind of with Scott in the sense that maybe it's high time I spend, you know, more time, you know, practicing genuine <laughs> things, orientations, whatever. Uh, and, you know, then have a, a goof off flight, but, but genuinely have something that you're practicing because I think, and even more so, uh, you know, Gregor McGrath mentioned it about, um, was it Alex Rose, I think he was saying, where like Alex has an actual routine that he flies every single time. Now, I don't know that I could do that. I think I'd get bored after a while. But the catch is, is that he's so familiar with every move that he does that there's no chance of him crashing, right? Unless he gets too low. So, I'm just... Uh, Long story short, I'm trying to reevaluate, you know, how I'm how I'm approaching all of this because even the 550, like, you know, yeah, sure, it's cheap to crash, but even then, it's like kind of sucks. I have to put it back together. Yeah, <laughs> you're <know? he> wrenching. <laughs> yeah, the wrench. Well, maybe, uh, maybe we need to do a little friendly competition thing here between all of us. Oh, I'm, I'm down. I'm down. I don't care what it yeah. is. I'm down. Yeah. So the RCHN pilot proficiency. Right. I figured you'd mention that. We all start at one. Javier just wet himself. <laughs> yeah, we all start. I mean, this is what I do when I start getting that, like you said, Kevin, like that. Oh shit! Get your get your shit together. Right. Feeling. That's what I do. I have uh, copies of it in our barn at our club, and I sit there and I start at one, and I go until I can't do anymore. Right. Until I get stuck, and then I try to keep pushing, and eventually I get bored and start freestyle flying again. But going through from you know the one the, the very first tail end takeoff maneuver that's on there uh you know it, you get all that stuff kind of relearned in your brain so it's yeah. it's nice to to go back to it sometimes so well let's uh let's develop something here and maybe by next episode we'll have something to present let's do it okay yeah we can even do our own thing like every episode we challenge the viewers to do a certain yeah. maneuver even if it's the basic starting out like we just start from scratch right and then you know they just post the video on our our uh facebook page or something yeah that be kind of cool like and yeah. then we all have to accomplish the same thing you know we sure. have to post ours on the group too well i'm and, down for that yeah and yeah. of course it's really keeping fun. it's keeping the forums lively too with videos so i think yeah. that'd be cool I'm so down for this. Yeah. So I'd like to I'd like to cut you off there for no, a second. Good. Don't get disheartened. You're going to get really frustrated. You're going to be like, why can't I do this? It's a basic maneuver or I can do it to the left. Why can't I do it to the right? Don't don't get ticked off. Don't get frustrated. Just just work through it because I got really frustrated doing stuff. Um, my buddy Zach is currently getting frustrated with certain things because he has like progress, then plateaus and progress right. and plateaus. And sometimes it's like the easiest thing in the world and it just seems so frustrating. And maybe you put a helicopter in and, and it makes you angry. Just yeah. just cruise with it and roll with it. It is what it is and, and it will get easier. Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, that, that's, plateaus go, go are ahead, normal dude. though. Yeah, plateaus are normal, right? Like, that's what people don't understand in the learning process is plateaus are normal. And really, the best thing you could do is take a step back, change your direction, and refocus and go back through it, you know? Yeah. So, I think that's what you have to do. 
you know, because, you know, the if you sit there at that plateau and you fixate on it, it's going to kill you. You know, it's going to either get you out of the hobby or it's going to bring you so far back because you just keep crashing, you know, right, and yeah. it just doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah. 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 So anyway, that's what I took away from uh, that weekend, uh, you know, watching Scott do the low head speed stuff with the Kraken and, um, uh, it, it definitely was sort of recentering for me. And, and that's one of the cool things, uh, about flying with people, uh, shut up, Scott, uh, that are better than you. <laughs> so who did you, you fly, fly with, with? People who are better than you, <laughs> uh, you know, you begin to see things where you're like, you know what, he's onto something and I should, I should do something similar too. And, uh, but again, you know, the crashing thing is just getting old to me. Um, the jokes aren't. I mean, you can keep the jokes up. That's fine. Uh, but the crashing, my wallet is getting really infuriated by it. And, um, and it's not that name. I can't afford to fix this stuff. You know, I can do it. It's just I don't want to, you know, because it's just so damn expensive most of the time. So I, I'm definitely going to approach things differently. So the Kraken. Uh, flew Scott's Kraken. And um, it is absolute fire. It flies way better than mine did. And I, can, I attribute that to the changes that he's made. So it was really nice to fly someone else's that flew the way and behaved the way it was supposed to. <laughs> so uh, I, I kind of now wish that I hadn't bought a Black Thunder, but whatever. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know. I, I'm I'm well on my way. You know, I'll probably end up owning another Kraken just because you know I know now how they're supposed to fly. And, so, uh, um, <clears throat> yep, uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, <laughs> so, you know that that's my direction. Of course, the 580. You know, it's coming. Whatever, but I'll talk about that in a second. So, um, it's gonna get long winded. Uh, so you know, Zach's logos. Uh, because I'm not sponsored, I'm gonna go ahead and talk about it. Um, those logos are also equally amazing. Uh, I was really blown away at how good they fly, um, and I was very thankful that he allowed me to try them. And uh, they are so smooth. And it was interesting, Scott, because you had said, you know, it's not as aggressive. Mm -hmm. I I don't agree. Um, that's just me personally. Uh, I felt that it was every bit cyclic wise uh, as aggressive as you know anything else that I've flown with the, very the sound settings. though. Huh? The sound, like when you listen to it in the air, oh, okay. it moves. It moves without the violence. Okay, it's more like effortless movement. Yeah, but it's still quick. Oh yeah, for sure. It just it does it quietly and it does it like efficiently almost. Yeah. Whereas when you fly a, a you know Black Thunder or a Kraken, like you hear the air get the crap beat out of it when you fly those things. Right. The tail's noisy and. Yeah, the but, blades are ripping through the air going where you yeah. did that with the logo. The logo just makes like a as it goes through the yeah. air. Like it, it's really cool. It is. And, and it is. <laughs> How does is. that sound? Hold on a second. It sounds <laughs> like it's semi going down. Yeah, that's SAB. SAB is and then logo is big difference. Yeah. I like it. Okay, I'm I'm more clear now. I got it. Okay. Glad we got you caught you caught up. All right. Full head speed, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they fly amazing uh so it's very clear to me now why people really love the logo brand um they so good it's really good uh but again for me um you know it has to look good too right 
and 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 I've always been attracted to the Kraken uh, when it came out. So I'm just super stoked that you know I've got I got to fly one that flew the way I wanted to fly. So again, I'll probably make my way back to a Kraken. But uh, so uh, I did have a new heli with me. Um, it was something that I bought. Uh, I ended up getting a gasser, but I bought wow. it used. <laughs> and because Scott is our resident gasser guy, um, we got looking at it and there was a tail bearing that was bad. And he was like, eh, I don't know that I would trust this. And I was like, well, I, you know, I'm not going to push it. If you, if you don't feel comfortable, I don't either. So, uh, so I ended up getting parts on the way. So I didn't get to fly that. So again, it was super cool that everybody was very generous with their helicopters and thank goodness I didn't plow one in. But, uh, <laughs> um, so it was a very cool time. Um, got some video, didn't get enough video, but we did have someone crash and they earned a reward. And, um, oh. <laughs> so, I forgot about this. yeah, uh, coincidentally it was a logo, uh, a little 480 Eric shoe. And uh, I don't know how he did it. I was too busy talking to somebody or whatever. And all of a sudden, he, huh? Neither does he. Oh, yeah. I, I have no idea what happened. All I know is it's like it was crashing into my cooler and like the table or something. And all of a sudden, I hear this like ping, ping, ping in the back of my truck. And I was like, what the hell? And uh, so I look over. He crashed it into your truck. <laughs> and so he's picking up the hell. And I was like, "Hey, dude, I, I think the rest of your shit's in the back of my truck." And it, like uh, separated, and the skids went in the truck. Yeah. So yeah, he went and gra- grabbed. I love the that the skids, skids ended up in skids' truck. Oh. <laughs> Take me home. So yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, because of the fact that it was, he was. The only one to, to really plow one in, I uh, I awarded him the ball sack award, the big blue yeah. ball sack award, and uh, and Peter I told Pouch. him, yeah, I told him, I said, listen, you know, every time we get around people, you know, if someone crashes, you need to give it to them, and if they crash or who you know whoever crashes next, it needs to go around kind of like the RCHN, you know, uh, hat with the the propeller on top and and whatever. So Eric, if you're listening, you need to initial it. So that way we can see all the initials. Um, <laughs> but I would love it if it could, you know, keep it honest where people bring it out when they come to fly and if somebody crashes, you know, hand it over. And uh, I think that would be a lot of fun just, just because. So let's, let's keep Mike's blue balls a going. <laughs> so. I hope I never earn those. Oh, oh you'll get them. Yeah. Give me, give me a minute. I'll be there. Um, so at any rate, talking about XL 550s, uh, it's had a good run, and I think I'm ready to let it go. It's probably not smart of me, but pff, nothing I do is smart. So um, I I actually already have it sold. Um, I just need to reassemble it and you know kind of get it halfway ready. There, there's a couple items I'm going to keep off of it, but uh, so it's going to go. But this is because the 580 is coming, and as we all know, uh, I'm a big, huge proponent of 600 class helicopters and it's silly i don't own one i should probably but none of them are krakens and this one is <laughs> so i'm really freaking stoked about this whole 580 coming and the fact that it'll swing 600 blades so um i gotta try one uh and so i'm gonna let the 550 go so i can get it so that was pretty much uh 
my weeks. So. Can I fly your 580? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting one. Don't kid yourself. I don't know. Maybe. Listen. I, I literally just changed my fleet so I had only 700s, and the intent was so I could get, like, really familiar with that disc size. <laughs> and not like relearn everything i was like i gotta just fly one thing and get good with some well, consistency you know here and me then out. literally a week after i did that they're right. like oh look a new goblin that's not a right. 700 i'm like Argh! so I, I get it but on wednesday you know your intent was to keep your logos on thursday by midnight your intent completely changed so, so i'm saying, saying is young <laughs> yes so what i say is wait until friday morning and make the decision to get a 580 yeah. you know so make you, america great again yeah just you sold your 550 when it was still crashed in pieces skills uh, me yeah well n- no i told him that i would i would build it all back up so yeah but it sold while it was in pieces oh yeah 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 I didn't know you could do that. I got an Oxy-3 for sale. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get a Kraken 580, please. Yeah, I need yeah. a Kraken in my life. Another one. Well, the cool Thanks. thing is he lives close by, so, you know, he knows where I live, you know? <laughs> so, if it's not to his liking, he could always come over and, you know. Oh, I don't yeah. live there, so this can't be me, sweet. <laughs> no. But uh, I'm very excited about the 580. I know we're going to talk about it a little bit more, but the fact that it's gonna swing 600 blades and not be like a 630 size where it's like basically a shrunk 700 oh my gosh i am freaking just stoked i'm so excited about that one so i love 600s i hope that uh i hope that it it you know delivers and um because i i miss 600s i i think i say that now i might be like "Eh." but i i really hope that it's something i can fall in love with and of course it'll be cheaper I'm hoping cheaper than crashing, you know, like a full-fledged 700, you know, Kraken. So, um, but uh, we'll see. Anyway, moving on. Scott. Yeah. You ready? What is it? Hot is hot. Yes. (laughs) Gucci, kick it off, baby. All right. Let's get hot. Let's get hot. Scorpion. Did you guys see the posting from Scorpion about some of the new uh, tribunuses that are coming out? Yeah, but they gave they they keep they keep leaving us hanging, you know, like with question marks. What does that mean? Question mark, you know, two question marks, three question marks. So there's two tribunuses coming out supposedly. One had a double question mark, so I'm assuming it's under a hundred amp. So maybe a, a new eighty amp. I don't know. Wow, it's it's kind of all of this. Yeah, and then there's a three question mark, which kind of gives us the idea that it could be uh, anywhere between 130, 160, because obviously they already have the 200. So, you know, it's cool that there's still plans, even during the corona, COVID-19, whatever craziness, that, you know, they're still trying to push stuff out. Um, yeah, the problem, sure. you know, like that's that's that's. I guess best case scenario right now is that some of these companies like Goblin, like Scorpion still are pushing stuff out. So keep, uh, stay current on the news. And if we find out, you know, we'll definitely uh, post you guys on what some of these two Scorpion ESCs are. Um, the other thing, which I know probably Scott and some of the other folks that love gassers blackout 600 class conversion kit. Yeah, that's that awesome. interesting. Kevin, that's got your name all over it, buddy. Mm, it yeah. might. Cat and Heat Part 2. Mm-hmm. Little horny meow meow. 
Yeah, <laughs> but, but but not too big, just big enough. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm so, hoping that it doesn't have too much disc loading because it's it's the same motor as a 700. If, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, they're throwing a you know a 300 max in there or whatever. Really? I mean, it's it's gonna be a heavy airframe now on 600 millimeter blades, and yeah. I mean, I've. When I flew my Whiplash, I wasn't a particular fan of 690 blades on it. It really flew better with the 710s because of the less disc loading. Mm -hmm. yep. And uh, a lot of the, the Whiplash guys do that as well, so it's not uncommon. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just hope it doesn't fly terrible with 600s, like just sinky, you know? Is that a word? Sinky? Sinky? <laughs> sinky. Meow it is. Meow it is. Now, Gucci, uh, this 600, what's it? What are they? What's the donor heli? So what they're what is looking like is going to be a T Rex six hundred X donor because oh. what they're saying is that they're going to use the T Rex six hundred X canopy and obviously those conversions from blackout usually come with full frames clutches you know it's pretty much the main body comes all you know like the frames and the blocks it's all in the conversion kit but really what you use is the head you know the main shaft and then you know obviously the boom and the tail. And um, what they're saying is that it's going to be potentially, we don't have a weight yet. So I do agree with Scott from the point that, you know, could it be, you know, is it going to be the disc loading is going to be just slightly off because it's too heavy for that size? I don't know. But what they gave us is that the gear ratio is going to be 5.89. So roughly one twelve uh, tooth main gear, 19 tooth pinion. The targeted uh, head speed for 3D is 2350. So it's interesting that you say that, Scott, because it sounds like the way they're going to combat, you know, the potentially that uh, this loading is the head speed. All the head speeds. Yeah. You know, so 23.50 and roughly the engine RPM is going to be 13.840. So 13,840. Wow. Which is, is roughly what the, the 300, the TRM 300 runs, right, Scott? Mm, the Hansen was 13K. TRM goes above that. Okay. So, so, what was the largest blade you could run on a 600X? 600. Yeah. Is that it? No idea. Oh. I don't know. Hmm. So, I think that that's, you know, kind of the, the dangling carrot that they're probably trying to figure out now. Because I, I didn't see a, a flying airframe either. It was all just, you know, renderings. So... You know, it seems like it's it's doable, but how it's going to fly, who knows? I mean, honestly, you know, I think, you know, generally now the 700s, because of their blade size, is probably your best bet if you're going to run those 330cc motors in it. Yeah. You know, uh, just because it, it makes, you know, by default, the numbers kind of add up to where every time you go smaller and if you use the same motor, well, you have a lot of added extra weight for the for a smaller disc. So your disc loading is completely, you know, not matching up to to the right feel. But you, you never know. Maybe the, their way of com combating that is more head speed, mm, you know. It could be. It should be interesting. I mean, if it flies anything like um, that Boss Hoss Nitro, I mean, it's going to be an animal. Yeah. Sorry, Jim Boss Nitro. It's not Jim Boss, Boss Hoss. Boss Hoss. <laughs> So, yeah, um, definitely that was interesting. And, you know, I think it's definitely keep an eye out with blackout uh, mods for, on Facebook. They usually are pretty good at once they have something flying, they post at least a video or, you know, more information on it. So 
stay stay hot on those um on those uh facebook groups i think that's where you're gonna get your you know most current information might not be right but most current yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just saying you know i'm just calling it you know um okay so let's step away from helicopters you know specific let's talk some some new battery technology so i i was trying to come up with you know what's hot and something different than what we usually do and not, not necessarily heli related so i came up with some new battery technology that's being developed currently so i i you know found a, a website that's kind of like a gadget website so to speak that has different things when it comes to uh, battery being researched and developed and i found a few ones that are kind of very cool and interesting so apparently there's a university um in the united states uh, and this one is specifically for mike that have developed a urine powered uh battery mm. <laughs> no joke. it gotta be for me <laughs> because it's specific for you you know it's i just i'm sorry mike i just thought about you you know it's i think you know, you, you know when cats are in heat they spray <laughs> yeah. so maybe they can keep their batteries charged on yeah. those gassers <laughs> oh, without a generator don't let it leak so yeah don't <laughs> spray catcher <laughs> Oh Lord! So yeah, you're empowered. So actually, this is uh, funded by Bill Gates Foundation. Oh well, there it is. Um, yeah, of course it is. And they said that this this they discovered that uh, batteries can be powered by urine. It's efficient enough to charge a smartphone, which the scientists have already shown off. Fake news. But, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's the world's first battery to have a piston in it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. there. <laughs> That's a zinger. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that was one of the you know like I was just looking through it and and they gave I guess the universities that are doing this this type of research and development. The other thing that I uh found interesting, you know, um since kind of like and we'll talk about it further, you know, our our topic is charging. Well, what they found out is they have a new way to charge car batteries. So they're able to charge 400 kilowatts of power into a battery in 10 minutes or less. With urine? No. So this is completely <laughs> oh. different. And it's called, it's called asymmetric temperature modulation charging. And they're saying they could pretty much charge it, it, charge a battery enough to get you 200 miles of travel in a car in 10 minutes or less. So you're in luck. Yeah. Tired of charging your packs? You're in luck. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a minute, but I got it. <laughs> I was holding that one for like a minute, and he jumps in and steals it. <laughs> My bad. Sorry. It's all good. So I, you know, I just You're found some of those things um, very interesting. And the other thing that there, that there's a, quite a few, you know, universities and researchers are looking at how to make the batteries less volatile. Like we know, lipo batteries could, you know, punk, if you puncture them, they pretty much could set on fire very easily. If you crash them, they could set on fire. Well, they're doing a lot of research in the battery arena to make them less volatile. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing is they're using all sorts of different material. But one of the newest thing is um, it's uh, pretty much they use some kind of foam that could still, you know, be a battery. But they're using some kind of 
foam to actually make it less volatile. Nice. So I thought, mm. you know, so, so you, you can put these in a Spectre and fly the piss out of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do they you do know, 6P or 12P batteries? Mm. Yes. <laughs> well, let's be honest. In, in Mike's that case, in fire. Kevin's case, it's going to be, uh, well, the, the, the foam is going to absorb the urine, so you're good. <laughs> okay. Interesting. So, yeah, there's quite a few things. I mean, they're talking about air chargings further, but I mean, they're talking about being able to charge batteries on the mobile in 30 seconds or less. You know, so there, mm-hmm. there's a lot of potential research that's being done to potentially getting us over the hurdle that we have now, which to me, an electric powered helicopter is batteries. Yeah. You uh, know, I don't care how much they research it and how great it is. I am not going to load up my sphincter with some piss packs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if it's free. Huh? Doesn't huh? matter. Well, there, there's now two things in the world now you pee on and it comes out positive <laughs> or negative. <laughs> nice. Uh, that's Man, a good one. Nice. You're on the world Do-dum. today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, that's all I had. I mean, there's quite a few things and I'm sure we could put the link to the to the um, gadget website that I found this stuff. But it's some very cool stuff to include even like material type batteries. So your shirt could be actually... The material in your shirt could be the battery um, to the point where they could fold it over 200,000 times um, and and not lose its ability to be a battery, um, foldable batteries, and so on and so forth. And what website was that? Was it TP, Thunder Power, or someone else? No, it's, uh, so it's actually an article <laughs> on, uh, it's called, uh, it's based on like uh, Google. It's one of the Google websites. You're no fun tonight, Gucci. What? Think, it was I a TP joke. Oh, toilet paper joke. <laughs> I'm trying to be in the zone oh, and bring something more, more than just the usual. And he he's just a bunch of clowns. Real high, some real high team shit there, Gucci. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that was actually really cool. Proud of you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess, in all in all, like, jokes aside, I think it's very cool that there, potentially we might see some lighter batteries Insight to the future yep yeah. yeah yeah it looks very cool and i apologize for turning this into a pissing match no it's okay <laughs> oh, there he is again yeah. <laughs> it's nothing but, you, but you're in jokes now oh yeah <laughs> oh shit listen listen whenever if if it ever becomes reality and you put a urine battery in your helicopter just remember who's gonna laugh last mm. Which is probably never going to happen, but anyway. Uh, Alright, but well, before uh, you piss our guests off, can we continue? Yeah. Those batteries Listen, are I was trying to get book. through it and we had good old, hey, you know, time's tinkling away. Scotty Doolittle <laughs> over there. So, that's all I had. Um, and then there was a few other bullets that um, pretty much I think Kevin is going to bore us some more with. Nice. Yeah, Kevin flushes away. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> We have a special guest. Well, (laughs) it's like an an airplane uh, toilet right there. You, uh, you definitely, if you'd like to, you could you could use this to piss off Shaggy if you'd like. Uh, So, uh, Shaggy, our boy, he's going for his pilot's license. How about that? Mm, That's scary, right? So every time you hear a plane going overhead, it might be Shaggy. So, right. especially a good idea to run. 
Especially I love the fact if there's some locks hanging out the window, blown around in the wind. <laughs> yeah, big <laughs> long, long locks. Got me warns being dropped from there. Yeah. I love, I that love that fucking Carol Baskin. Like... <laughs> Did anyone just notice that the picture of him looked like his face was just like sheer terror with his sunglasses <laughs> lifted up when he posted a selfie flying? Like, <laughs> oh gosh, that's usually how it starts, Scott. This is yeah, not yeah. how I wanted it to go, Shaggy, but um, I'm gonna roll. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, congrats to you, dude. Uh, good luck, and uh, you know, there's lots of people in our hobby who have their private pilot's license, and uh, so you have a massive pool of people to get information from. So, good luck, man. Good, good for you. Yeah, so Gucci, what else you got? What's what's hotter than hot that Mike despises? Man. Mm. 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 Let's talk about it. Batteries with pee on them? Mm-hmm. Not, not, or, that doesn't piss him off as much as this does. Or, um, I mean, if you took those urine batteries and you put them inside a Kraken 580, baby. Boom. Mm. Uh, be hot. Yeah. So let's talk Kraken 580, right? We knew it was... Well, Man, boys! I'm upset. I'm really upset. Are you, Why are you upset? Because I really wanted to stop spending money on helicopters. Mm, not going to happen. And they go and release something like that. I mean, I they could have at least made the paint job like kind of not cool. Mm, but no, they had to freaking knock that out of the park too. Right. Listen, I don't know what's what was the better joke tonight, your urine jokes or the fact that you're saying that you're not going to spend any more money on the hobby. That is <laughs> yeah, a joke. That's pretty. That's a pretty good. Joke. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, that's pissing in so, the wind right there. Gucci, what, what are the blade sizes? <laughs> All day. <laughs> <laughs> So Kraken 580, the, the the word on the street is, from what we're seeing, is blades between 550 and 606. That's right. But they so, ship with 570 blades. Yes. Yeah. But does that mean there is a true 600 class? I mean, what do you think, Kevin? No. <laughs> is Rob, Rob going <laughs> to true 600 or no? I was not Can't prepared for 600. this. Uh. So... So, so you, I mean, I, I guess what we're getting at is uh, it's awesome that it could run 600 blades. Yes. Right. I mean, we, we've talked about this, you know, maybe between us, not really on the air, but we kind of been looking for a 600 class class. Yeah. We know we, there's other helicopters that are 600 class, you know, obviously the Oxy five, uh, stretch, you know, it's there. Um, but is this more in line with, you know, what quote unquote, some people call true 600, you know? Uh, so I'm going to venture to say, no, I, I think yeah. it's definitely a stretched 570 for sure. Yeah. Um, but again, I think as I had mentioned earlier is that, you know, it's not, it's not a shrunk 700 to be a 600. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to me, that makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. So. So we're looking at that. Obviously, uh, word that we got is could be six S, twelve S. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I think Kevin has plans to potentially do six S and twelve S. Yeah, I'm gonna try and do two dose cracking, <laughs> dose amigos. I mm -hmm. like it. Um, I think I'm just gonna go twelve S. Yeah, close your ears, Mike. But holy cow, like the fact that they keep pumping out models, you know is just amazing you know because uh i mean it, i know specter has been or um sorry uh xl power. power had been working the msh msh angle as well you know with the nitro and then the 380 and i think they did the 480 
Uh, but, uh, you know, still, like, into, well, and this is total fanboy, but when it looks that good, too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, so. Uh, Speaking yeah. of MSH, I want to cut you off there just for a second. I think it's really freaking cool that um, that Alex Rose got his hands on the new uh, Protoss Nitro. Mm. Like, that is so cool because he had the original prototypes because he created the whole thing, obviously. Right. And now he's finally got a production kit in his possession and he built it. Like, that's that's some gratification there that took many, many years to, right. to come to him. So, congratulations to you, Alex. That is so cool. That is cool. Cool. I mean, we, you could call him the grandfather of the, you know, the godfather of the Protoss Nitro, right? Papa Protoss. Yeah. yeah. It would be kind of Pro- interesting. Papa Protoss. Nice. <laughs> it would be kind of interesting to know his view on it, you know, like maybe bring him on and talk about it. Ooh. That'd be kind of neat, you know, of like what changed. Don't say that too loud. Mm, <laughs> that's true. You're right. So what you're telling is out. a call out. Are we, are we doing a call out and see if he if he wants to be on? Is that what I'd you're saying? To get him on here. Yeah, yeah be he's awesome. great to chat about flybarless stuff. Mm. He did an well, episode he... with uh, I forget who it was. I think it was the hooligans, and they went tip to tail through flybarless tuning, and it was really really good to, to oh, listen wow. to. Yeah, cool. But isn't his background in electronical like electron, uh, electrical engineering, so to speak? Software, um, software, right? Yeah, I don't know what it is, but he he, he played a huge part in in programming brain. that brain. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think that would be definitely worth it. So if you're listening, Alex, you know we'll we'll contact you if if anything, contact us. We'd definitely have you on. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, it's back to the cracking 580. Definitely cool. Uh, definitely awesome that they're coming out and. You know, not to say that, it, you know, SAB, once again, even they had a hiccup because that was Model 31, which was the the Kraken uh, Eurokai. So, you know, but they're pushing through and it's awesome. Absolutely. All right. Well, it's a lot happening. You guys got anything else to add? Hmm. I see something over here, but that wasn't me that put it on there. So. We're looking at Oxy 5 HF. Yeah, the high fidelity, they call it. So yeah. apparently, you know, it's a black and white kit. It's the one that um, Tarek has been posting about for a little while now. I guess he had one of the first ones for, it was like a year now, I think. But apparently uh, it comes with like all the different gear ratios, all the upgrades and everything. And Luca himself handpicks all the components to make sure they're 100% the best quality in the batch that he has there, I guess. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, they throw it into a package box and ship it out to you. So, pretty cool. That is cool. Like a Ferrari of Oxy, huh? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Mm, I like that. Very cool. All right. Well, let's take a short break. We'll be right back, and we'll bring our guest on. If you've been searching for a new sim, you should check out AccuRC. Aiden and his team have compiled a sim that not only allows you to change servos, blades, motors, batteries, and so much more that makes simming not only fun, but also provides the practice you need. One of the great things about AccuRC, aside from the many setup options, it also allows downloading and updating at no additional cost to you. That's right, you can test the new Kraken Nitro at no extra cost like I did. Not many other competitors can say that. 
AccuRC is very affordable, so check them out. Head over to AccuRC.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, this evening, we have a very special guest with us tonight. We have Jason Bell, all the way from Chico, California. Welcome aboard, sir. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, so we're going to do a little get to know with you, Jason, even though you've been on quite a few other podcasts, but, uh, you know, we'll do it in our own little way. Scott, why don't you kick it off, buddy? Oh, man. Okay. Hi, Jason. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm in trouble. Oh no, it's fine. So, Awkward. Awkward. <laughs> How long have you been uh, playing with these little heli toys? Since 2005, so 15 years. Wow. Oh wow! Jesus Christ! It's a long time. I have to actually think about it now. <laughs> Either that, or I'm just getting old. <laughs> yeah, that. That's my yep, excuse. That... <laughs> yeah. Very cool. So what do you do for a living, Jason? So I'm a purchasing manager for Aiming Hobbies, and it involves mostly helicopter stuff. Uh, some drone stuff occasionally, some RC car stuff, but predominantly the workload is all helicopter stuff. And it's really grown over the years, too. I mean, like you guys have gotten fairly large and even tapped into other markets as well. Like bicycles? Do you guys do bicycles? Yeah, we have a plethora of bicycles i think we basically focus on all of the disciplines if you will so mountain biking road biking just casual urban bikes and then we just got into bmx earlier this year or like very late last year are there specific brands that you deal with um or uh is it i don't know how to ask that but it's more or less like what brands do you guys deal in there's a lot of bicycle brands very much just like within the rc world and then of course you have your big names like uh specialized shimano shram mm -hmm. and then a lot of the smaller stuff that i can't name i'm okay. just not into the bicycle stuff but we <laughs> probably have more manufacturers in the bicycle world than we do in rc oh wow oh yeah there's a lot cool yeah. and it's also uh, true free fall True freefall fashion, they do 3D printers too. <laughs> nice. Do you? Yes. Really? Okay. We have a couple. I think what we sell is uh, Creality. Yep. There may be one other brand as well, but I nothing that interests me, so I don't keep up on that. Right. So Steve Yoon just texted me. He's asking, um, do you guys take any applications for team printers? Team uh, printers. Yeah. So for the, uh, the A main 3D printing team? <laughs> um yes absolutely <laughs> well it's, it's send him be... your email and we'll get right on that <laughs> it's gonna be my quickly denied address, <laughs> my email address is no reply at amain.com <laughs> basically no it's, it's kyle stacy at bk <laughs> <laughs> listen i mean it's always it's always good to start 3D printing is hot. I mean, free fall definitely makes that for, Literally. you know, brings it up to our attention. I don't like where you're going with this, Coochie. Listen, 
3D printing is hot. You know, that's that's kind of like a, oh. a hot hobby right now. All I'm saying is we've never had a 3D printer in what is hot. But is hot. <laughs> Anything so I need 3D printed, I just send it to Scott. There you go. <laughs> oh, oh now Scott's a closet printer, huh? The truth oh, comes yeah. out. I, oh, mm-hmm. God, you ratted me out, dude. <laughs> this is really bad. I'm so, never printing I mean, any I mean, giant it, D's for you ever again. So if you would like to be a host on the Helihead show, then email us at... <laughs> I mean, it may take six months, but I will eventually get what I want. <laughs> I mean, if you start posting pictures about 3D printers wrapped up in plastic bags, that's that's kind of game over for us. <laughs> yeah. Is it true so, PLA doesn't hold up the friction well? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what do you plan on using it for, Mike? A genuine question. <laughs> Well, I have not- an actual answer to that, and the answer is no. It doesn't hold up very well. Uh, and I, I thought tried- I was drinking a lot of Kraken Rum. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I tried using PLA spacers in that Kraken. Is nitro. it the Kraken 580 or is it the Kraken 700 rum? Uh, oh, geez. I heard 580. It's 700 is released right now, so that's the only thing I could talk about. I thought maybe you had like a secret source for some 580 stuff. Mm. Well, there's always possibility, but, you know, I'm just a low man on the total pole here. But I do have a question for you, Jason. Okay. So other than the A main, like kind of what's your, you know, are you going to school? Um, kind of where are you going with things in life, I guess? Yeah. So I've been going to community college here locally for about two years now, just doing like one or two classes per semester. So it's quite slow, but we're getting through it. Nice. And we're studying business. And when I get to a four-year university, hopefully Chico State here locally, we'll be okay. doing um, accounting and or finance. Cool. Mm. It's, you know, it's it's very interesting that, you know, being involved in a hobby that you're going for business, you know, um, some people here are going into engineering and all sorts of stuff. But is there, is did the hobby push you and being involved with aiming push you to accounting and business in general? Um, I've always been like really good with math and numbers in general, so it just kind of seemed like the correct path. And mm-hmm. finance is something I like enjoy researching and like taking my time to take care of on my own accord. So I hope that it makes sense long term, but we will see. <laughs> now, business is always be is going to be around. You know what I mean? Well, we right, when exactly. we talked. When we talked earlier uh, or previously, um, you were telling us about school and stuff. I mean, if an opportunity came up at A Main, would you stay? Using yeah, your absolutely. Degree? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm very lucky to have been, you know, taken in at A Main eight years ago, mm-hmm. in like two days at this point. Like I just had my eight year anniversary a couple oh, days wow. ago. Congrats! That's cool. nice. And I've gotten to work in a lot of different departments, so it's been fun learning a large portion of the business and how things are kind of interconnected that cool. not many employees see how things are actually like connecting the dots behind the scenes. So unrelated sort of, what was the first position at a That's my general curiosity. Like when you first started. Yeah. So I got um, accepted into a as a customer service representative. So just general sales questions and stuff like that, as well as technician for RC questions that I can handle at that time. Nice. I actually talked to you a couple times uh, when you were doing the customer service stuff. Yeah. 
He cool. has a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. Right, imagine how that went. It was like, is Gregor McGrath there? Is Gregor there? <laughs> <laughs> right. oh. You got Jason? So, I'll talk to Jason. Okay. Honestly, oh. like, there were certain people that loved to talk to Gregor, and I was totally okay with it. It's, yeah, you, know, you have that. Well, I mean, if you have if that full- poor relationship with an employee at any business, by all means, go for it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I you know I did call and I said you know is well you know is Gregor McGrath there and they're like I'm sorry um, he's not and they were like but we have Jason Bell and I was like and he'll do okay I, I, I guess I mean sure oh man I'm just the messing with you father. Jason it was you, now, you were very professional it was, it was cool it was good to talk to you now Jason is has Amy been very I guess. Um, helping you out with attending school and all of that. You know, a lot of the big companies do that where they want their employees to grow professionally, especially in the realm of going back to school. Yeah, absolutely. We've been, you know, I've been very fortunate in that I'm allowed a very flexible schedule because of school. While I still maintain, you know, a full eight hour a day workday most of the time unless just something crazy happens with school or whatever um so i'm still putting in my time and have that flexibility and we are also very much a company that likes to promote within so there's been a lot of people that have transferred you know from a warehouse position or from a customer service position or you know anything else into higher up positions with more responsibilities so it's super nice to be a part of that that's nice. awesome. Very cool. That's yeah. That's great to hear. You know. All right, so let's get back to uh, some helicopter stuff here. Heck yeah! So take us back to your first demo flight. What was that like to to experience? And and were did you have the the knee knocking shakes when you did it? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um. So if I remember correctly, it was Las Vegas Fun Fly. 2007 with an Aurora Nitro. Yeah, very cool. So that was a uh, very eye-opening experience on, you know, just kind of how to handle everything Mm -hmm. and also, like, what to do, you know, for demonstration flights and what not to do as well. Did it go okay? There was a blade stop auto-rotation that (laughs) could have ended way worse than it did, but... (laughs) We we pulled it out barely. Nice. That's so awesome. <laughs> Very first demo flight, and he's doing blade stop autos. Yeah. Well, no. Jesus, that's, uh, <laughs> that's impressive. That's some free fall shit right there. No. no. Okay. <laughs> Good job. That was shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> oh, they're they're tandem. They did. They did a blade stop. Blew my mind. <laughs> All right. What sponsors do you have? Right now, it is just A-Main and no. Genzace. Yep. Oh, really? I thought you had more. Not just those two for right now. Okay, cool. When, well, when everything's available at A-Main, it kind of doesn't really make much sense. Right. Right. So, right. Because the I have that. Already, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, to go above and beyond what a normal <laughs> sponsored package is. Doesn't I make think, a whole lot of sense, but there could be some benefit, you know, for right. each each of us. But it depends think, on the uh, company. I think Kevin just uh, put in a customer request question that came through your phone and it pinged. 
Yeah, he, he wants enough Gregor's there. Yeah. Yeah. Is Gregor there? Is Gregor there? Jason, oh. Jason just put Scott, it on silent. I'm sorry. He was like, I did forget about X Nova. That's horrible. There we go. I feel like a really bad human being now. I'm sorry. Yes, X Nova, you are right. But of course, when their product works and you don't need a lot of it, reliability, man. Yeah, you don't think yeah. about it when it's like when it just works. Exactly. And I only have like one helicopter right now, so I don't need motors what? frequently. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 that fact that it's only one helicopter does not compute for Scott. He's like, yeah, oh, I need oh. more. I crash way too many times. <laughs> and and by the way, just putting this on 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 the record, uh, that he says that he's not going to spend any more money on helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's Dude. the biggest joke of 2020. Just saying. <laughs> How many times have I told you, Jason, or I'm like, I swear I'm not going to order anything else this month. <laughs> Five minutes later. Oh, I forgot to order this. It's <laughs> me. Well, it's like saying I'm never drinking again after a really bad hangover. That's yeah. a lie. <laughs> yep. So, you know, let's get to the juicy stuff, Jason. Tell us some of those... Uh, you know, Avant stories. I know, obviously, you were um, you, you mentioned that your first demo was at Avant. So tell us some of the juicy stories on Avant. A lot of the juicy stories happened before me, actually. Um, I definitely don't envy the team pilots that were um, sponsored before me and dealing with the customers that, you know, had a lot of questions about their pre-order. Um, I came into the scene kind of when the helicopter was being released. So things were much calmer in the customer eyes and those type of questions, like when am I getting my helicopter and, you know, so on and so forth Mm. were very few and far between at the time. Oh, wow. So were you like pre, like you came in right about when the Avant Mastro was being released or what model was kind of like to get a timeline where you are involved with them? It was basically as Avant was releasing their first helicopter, which was the Aurora Nitro. And then, of course, I had stayed on until 2014 and 2015. So I kind of helped test all the other products that were released. So the electric Aurora, um, the fly wireless rotor head, and then eventually the Mostro, both the Nitro and the electric. Wow. that's So you had a pretty much long you know, a pretty decent long run with Avant from beginning kind of towards all the way to the end. Yeah. And that goes for all the sponsors that are supporting me over the years. I was never one to switch brands frequently. I preferred to find a product that worked for me beforehand and and then kind of build the relationship afterwards rather than the other way around of saying, you know, hey, I want to try your product. Um, I'm a demonstration pilot for Avon. I think it'd be a good, you know, uh, relationship that we could build together to kind of market your products and, you know, be sponsored where, again, I prefer just to be sure that it suited my needs and what I wanted from a product before building that rapport with a company. Very cool. So speaking of Avant stories, um, what is, or what is Marcus Kim really like? I mean, is he kind of like, hold on, Sparky, this is my demo. (laughs) (laughs) Marcus Kim, every now and then, um, will show up to an event, and uh, if you're really lucky, you will catch him on live PD. I was about to say, now he goes, (laughs) license and registration, please? Yeah, actually... (laughs) 
actually how deals it goes, with other overspeeds. Yeah, how it goes is he's like license registration, and the guy that gets pulled over is like, "What? Excuse me, I can't hear you. Can you speak up?" Right. <laughs> True. <laughs> That's funny. He talks very quietly. He does. He does. So, but Jab, it was it was him, uh, you, and there was another gentleman that was sort of the primary pro pilots there for a while, right? Yeah, there was um, a decent. There was a lot of pilots throughout the years. Um, okay. We had some local people in San Diego. So, Brandon Updike um, was another sponsored pilot. Justin Barry. Uh, there's so much history. It's like right. difficult to remember who was, was attached to the team. I do remember Thomas Brandon now. A, yep, Thomas was a part of the team as well. Yep. yep. That was cool. Yeah, rolling into Urcha in 2011. And you two, you three on that blacked out poster, like looking all gangster. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I said, I didn't Augusto realize was so gangster. Had, Augusto definitely had some very unique marketing tactics that worked. <laughs> <laughs> so wasn't Zabo, the Zabo brothers on the team as well? That was before me. So okay. when I came in, Alan basically left and focused on a line. Okay. Well he was on Dan. both teams, right? Correct. For I don't know how long, but for a little while he was doing both. Yeah, it that was, almost confused was me. I was like, wait, same, what? It was the same time frame of when the original 700 Nitro got released. Mm. That's kind of when the separation happened. Right, because before it was non-competing products, really. Correct. Kind of like LEQ and Avon. Correct. Gotcha. Nice. So... Jason, what would you say is your long-term goal for the hobby for yourself? I still, you know, I very much enjoy getting out to go fly and share camaraderie with everybody at events and just go fly. Like, I know that I'm not one to be like a competition-level pilot at the moment just because I don't have the time to dedicate to that. I could absolutely do it if I wanted to, but... You know, I have my own life that I need to support. And with that, that involves working and going to school rather than playing with helicopters. So, you know, I have my list of maneuvers or whatever you want to call it. And I'm totally fine just doing that stuff over and over again. It's, you know, to me, it's more about being out there with you guys and being approachable and helping you guys in the field with problems and just sharing the same enjoyment that we all do playing with helicopters. And then, of course, help uh, fixing Scott stuff when he tells me <laughs> typically not to. Dude, I struggle with that so much. <laughs> I have so much stuff I need your help fixing, though. So what do you, on what that, my logo is ready. Yeah, it's yeah. ready. I fixed it. Well, you didn't have to do that, but I did. Now go that fly. That was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I showed up to... It was uh, Winter Bash. Yeah. And my logo, I think I brought it broken, didn't I? I don't quite remember. It wasn't set up. I think I just fixed it and then didn't program it. And then I came back after, like, helping somebody or something. And, like, you were already done setting it up. And I was like, dude, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, speaking of fixing my stuff, when are you going to move to the East Coast? <laughs> I do not know. It's, uh, I've entertained the idea. But right now, I just don't think it's in the cards. Hmm. So 2021, got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what was the uh, the whole plan, Scott? Just have a whole like a main hub on in Charlotte. 
No, my plan was going to invite him over here and cancel his return flight. That was it. I didn't think <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I'm like kind of a short-term that, kind of dude, you know? Isn't Set that kidnapping? Fire. No. He's <laughs> not a kid and he's adult. <laughs> and then there's like Amazon boxes that show up and say, here, Jason, this is for you. I didn't order yeah. anything. Yeah, it's your new outfit. <laughs> it's your new clothes. You're going to need them. Uh, yeah. Your cats will be here in about a week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And your Ikea dresser is coming. You'll have to assemble that on your own. Yeah. yeah Scott's good like, this it puts the Loctite on. <laughs> the worst part about it would be probably that the paychecks would be zero because, yeah, you bought like four or $5,000 worth of product this past month. Of course, it would be zero. <laughs> well, not to convince you, but uh, Charlotte would be a very easy place to... Uh, use that degree that you're working towards yes sir uh, charlotte is definitely booming there's a lot of people moving in so yeah a lot of girls i'm not surprised <laughs> a lot of girls <laughs> those are yeah. available anywhere just fyi well, and cats true. are legal here you can have cats so that that's that problem taken care of um <laughs> helicopters obviously um we have houses so that's cool yeah. um they All sell their, beds so I heard and the there's water trend is airplanes specifically edf jets yeah oh. no that's that's uh <laughs> those, those hit the ground too far too often <laughs> yeah so speaking of which uh what helis are you currently flying you mentioned one but is that all you have is one and what are you flying so i have the kraken the okay. 700 hear that mike mm. Uh, there is a protos 380 evo on the wall and i'm still kind of working through stuff with it so it's not had its you know premium test flight accomplished yet gotcha that we're slowly getting through it is this is this a a post xl power 380 or is this before yeah this is the xl power 380 okay but it's it's not what I call the XL380. It's the actual Protoss 380. Right, with the, that was with the just carbon made, boom and all that. Yeah, that was made by XL Power. Right. Cool. That right. is not easy to differentiate between the two for customers, just FYI. <laughs> so yeah, I can imagine. if you had to like tell them the difference, what would it be? How fast your boom? No, I, on the helicopter. Yeah. Um, a little personal, Scott. <laughs> I, I differentiate the two. So the one with basically the green and black canopy, I call that one the XL380. Right. And then the Protoss 380, whether it's the Evo or not, it still has that same look to it. So I call that still the Protoss 380. Wait, there's yeah, a the Protoss version that has a aluminum boom as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So there's three then, different Protosses? Yeah, exactly. Oh my uh, god. The XL380, I also kind of like if the customer doesn't know, I'm like, well, how much did you pay for it? And if they're like about dollars <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's the low cost one, so that's the XL. That was the one that was kind of based off of the like 450. Like the old mini Protos, wasn't it? Yeah, like the one from 2000, I don't know, 8? Right. <laughs> and then the other two are based off of the newer 380 that MSH came out with. Only one has the carbon fancy boom and one has the regular aluminum one. Correct, yeah. The Evo right. is the fancy boom. Yeah. And then the non-Evo is the standard. <laughs> okay, you had me lost at 
you know, XL 380. Okay, cool. It's uh, taken me months to figure it out. So welcome to the party. <laughs> Gucci's Gucci's still thinking about the Kraken 580. Listen, I actually wrote, <laughs> I took out the manual for the Kraken 700 and I wrote 580 on it. I'm still looking at it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man. You While I'm drinking my boom off of 700, you're good. Oh. <laughs> you could it's do that. sad to say that I actually believe you. And then what he also did is he downloaded the manual and shrunk it to 50% size. There you go. Seems like the best accuracy. Yeah. Well, from 700 to 580 is more like 75% yeah. size. So, okay. mm. Now he's I'm broken out his yellow too. and blue markers. <laughs> Listen, this Kraken rum is really good. So is let's, it, let's... is it uh, color by line? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm, we're super excited about the 580. So uh, we'll leave that alone. No, 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 no. You're super excited about the 580. You're the only <laughs> one that's not. Mm, mm. That that sinks in really heavy, and it goes mm-hmm. to the bottom. <laughs> Think about it. Just think about it. Kraken 580. <laughs> but anyway, so this Kraken mm-hmm. rum is really uh, getting me uh, turned up. So yeah, let, let, fully turned. He's, he's finna get turned. Yep. So <laughs> let, Jason, let's talk about sporting gear. You know, obviously um, you travel a lot. Yeah, obviously you you probably go to some of your local fields. What is your some of your supporting gear that you use? at you know either if you're traveling or if you're a local local field so supporting gear i don't really carry a whole lot with me uh just a couple batteries Uh, i actually don't own a generator believe it or not (laughs) and i've been uh, flying electric stuff since 2014 or so um but local to me is my work and we have a small field in the back so i do bring basically a charge case and just plug all the stuff in at my desk since i can get in and out of the building nice and then that's it so two or three batteries and a charge case very cool and what kind of charge case did you use or are you using uh so i have two at the moment um i recently built a small lightweight portable one which still actually has a decent amount of power out of it so that has two small like hp 750 watt power supplies in it right and two x8 or x6 juncy chargers and that's more than enough for what i need since i only charge my 5000s at 2c so 10 amps right very and cool. the whole thing is like smaller than my actual radio case and weighs like nine or ten pounds. Right. Yep. That's cool. It seems like smaller charge cases have become the way here lately. Um, the new Vogue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well, very. I'm cool. offended though, leaving me out of the uh, supporting equipment. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> to remember. One. Let's just remember transporting your uh, helicopter like for a, <laughs> like three events or something. Yes, you are, you are a pivotal role within my uh, traveling, and I appreciate it more than you know. <laughs> I, I probably I owe you several Bergushi rolls. Bergushi, oh, I want some so bad. I did hold your charger hostage for like six months, though. You did. Yeah, and then me and Kevin actually started dissecting it to see 
what you did, what you used. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to tell him that, Scott. <laughs> yeah, well, I ratted you out. Damn it. Look. <laughs> hey, but it had a Heli Head sticker in the case, so you're mm. welcome also. It sure did. Thank you, by the way. Well, so speaking about charging cases, um, that's a, we're going to kind of dive into that tonight. And uh, one of the questions, of course, is, is, you know, what should you consider when you're thinking about building a charge case? You know, I mean, it, it could. So, for example, you know, for you having a small foot or a footprint of a charge case, it's kind of important, especially if you're going to travel a lot, you know, and whatever, um, where some of the other folks, you know, that if you're not doing, you know, traveling across, you know, the United States or even globally, you know, having the, the mammoth 4010, you know, whatever is not that big a deal. But uh, so let's let's kind of dive into that and um, and let's talk about it. So, you know, if we're considering building a charge case, you know, what, you know, I guess it would kind of start with, you know, what size packs, you know, would you be charging with? Right. So let's kind of just kick it off with that. Yeah, exactly. Um, obviously, the most important is what is the biggest battery that you have now? And how many of them do you have? Right. And then the second question you have to ask yourself is, do you foresee yourself getting a larger battery or a battery <laughs> with more cells? <laughs> and if that at all is close to the answer of yes, then you need to take that into consideration as well. So to elaborate on that, you know, when Gucci and I left the hobby in 2014, we came back in 2016. I said, I said, you know, why don't we just think small? Let's just do like 500s, you know, so you do like 3,300 size packs, you know, <laughs> then if you want to do 12S, you could do like a 600 class, you know, electric, you know, whatever. Right. So I purposely bought this, you know, the Revelectric's GT500 with a 500 watt, you know, power supply. And going about it with the 500 was more than I needed because it charged up to 20 amps and, you know, right. I could very easily do 2C. And, uh, but then all of a sudden it got bigger. <laughs> <Where now? laughs> I'm running 4,500 packs and 5,000 packs. And so, so this, it's cool that you're coming on tonight and we're talking about this. Cause I'm actually right in the midst of, you know, saying, holy crap, I need to like upgrade my charger. So <laughs> yeah. But, uh, What's funny is, uh, very early on in my helicopter career, I also told myself that I never, ever wanted a electric helicopter larger than like a 550. Right. Boy, was that a lie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't as cool back then, though. No, exactly. That was like when 35C was an ultra premium battery. Oh, man. I remember the days. <laughs> so what else would you consider, Scott? Um, I'd want to consider how fast do you want to charge? Like how, how many flights do you want to have an hour at the field? So right. that's going to dictate basically the um, the speed in which your charger has to be capable of and how many packs you want to really purchase at that time. So let's say that you have a dual channel charger and you don't want to parallel charge. You're going to want to make sure that um, you either have two sets of those if you want to charge two packs at the same time, if you want to bang out flights somewhat back to back, and then two or three packs in order to, to keep up with that. Right. So let's talk uh, power availability. So this would be, um, I guess, by wattage is usually what they rate the chargers at. Yeah, definitely. The chargers are mostly rated in watts. And then, of course, they put an amperage um, 
rating there as well. And that's very much a uh, marketing checkbox. Okay. The bigger the number, the better. But there's fine print <laughs> with every charger. And typically those numbers that are um, advertised, you know, 1,000 watts, 40 amps or whatever the numbers are, those are at the higher input voltages. So you have to take that into consideration. And generally speaking, those um, marketing numbers that are pushed are cut in half when you connect it to a 12 volt or you know, 12 to 15 volt power supply. Right. So, yeah, so, so I guess the the thing to keep in mind is, you know, if you're looking at the at those numbers, um, just assume that they're at the maxed out input voltage is where you're going to get those numbers from. Yes, exactly. Is what you're getting at. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So also pay attention to what input voltage you need to run based on what charger you buy as well, because not all of them can run all voltages. You'll have some lower end stuff that can only run on 12 volt, some stuff that can only deal with like 110 volt AC input. Some of the more common ones on a mid to intermediate, you know, intermediate to high end chargers will do 24 volt. And then there's a certain number of them that can handle 48 volt. Um, one of the benefits of running the higher voltage, obviously the higher the voltage, you're pulling less amps and you pull less heat and you're taxing your power supply a lot less. So depending what kind of battery you're charging, it's a general rule of thumb. You want the input voltage to be lower if possible, sorry, higher if possible to what the output voltage is. So if you're charging a 22 volt battery, you want to have 24 volts available. Um, if you want to do something crazy and do parallel charge and do 12s then you want to play step up to 48 volt personally i run a 48 volt power supply on my bigger case um and i never charge in uh in parallel oh sorry that would be series not parallel if it was 48 volts and 50 volts but um i never parallel charge because it's just really not safe i'm not a fan of it um but i'm only ever pulling uh five amps from the power supply on each channel even when i'm charging 2c because the voltage is double of what i'm putting out yeah so that keeps your power supply very efficient mm -hmm. temperature low as well as the charger since it's not converting any voltage up or down and creating excess heat yeah the fans barely run yep wow one thing that you got to take into account is that some of the chargers is not necessarily 12, 24, or 48. So what I mean by that is I know the GT500 or GT1000 that I had was that it's more like 30 volt. I will tell you right now that you need to make sure that it's better to stay under the max amount of voltage <laughs> because if you don't, so I, I actually plugged in the GT1000 which is a 30 volt max to a 48 volt and he did not <laughs> like it mm. yeah i've i've heard the magic smoke is very difficult to retrieve once it leaves the uh, object That's true yeah it's expensive yeah. to get more magic smoke too yeah it is yeah what what i experienced is that i unplugged it quick enough where it, when i plugged it back into a 24 volt it was fine however it doesn't mean that it will not if you leave it connected it might not release the magic smoke forever. <laughs> it probably has half the smoke left. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one other question that I guess you got to take into consideration is the, how big your case needs to be. Yes. So, so we know, like you say, 48 volt. Well, that's fine. But a 48 volt power supply, a 48 volt charger 
might be bigger size. So you need, by default, you need a bigger case. And you need airspace. So, like, you don't want it so tight that it can't breathe either. Yeah. So yeah. what do you have on that, Jason? Yeah, absolutely. Of course, um, very much like you mentioned, the essentially the larger the voltage, inherently the physical space of the power supply or power supplies, plural, um, increases. And then depending if you're maxing out or, you know, pulling a significant amount of current from the power supply, of course, you need good ventilation to make sure that the heat is dissipated. Right. Because as you're drawing more from the power supply, heat is naturally going to generate and you need to get that away from the electronics. Right. Yeah. Something that you had said where you said, you know, you need more space for for more heat. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. If you pay attention to airflow and airflow direction, if you build the case in such a way where all the chargers, the power supply and all your case vent fans are all venting the correct direction and you have a decent channel for the air to flow that crosses all of your heat sinks, you really don't need a lot of room. As long as you get that air moving through everything at once, you should be fine. I, I agree with that. I'll, I'll take yeah. retract my statement. Sure. I'd agree with that. Yeah, it's it's a balance of, you know, if you can fit an intake fan in the case, cool. Uh, cold air is generally lower in the uh, physical space aspect. Hot air naturally rises, so you'll see exhaust fans near the top of the case typically. Right. Or in my opinion, that's how it should be. But each charge case kind of is its own unique situation. So you may not have enough space. You may not be able to fit a fan, you know, maybe you can only drill ventilation holes for the fans that are in the power supply to do their job. You know, every situation is different. Right. Mm -hmm. And most of the time we're using server power supplies and those are literally designed to be fully encased top to bottom. Like mm -hmm. there is no air gap anywhere and they draw air front to back and that's how they operate at the best. So if you can keep that front to back airflow through your charge case. So mine, for instance, it does it um, right to left through my case. No issues. Right. It stays nice and cool. So to back up for just a moment, we were talking about size packs earlier. Of course, that, you know, can ultimately determine what charger you buy. Uh, and, and specifically what I mean is, is, you know, with growth, you know, do you think you'll also ever step into 7S packs? So that would be something else that you definitely would want to consider. Because um, I don't know if we touched on that, but, you know. And then, of course, you know, Scott talking about the parallel charging as well. You know, how, how you plan on charging those. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, yeah. there's a lot of um, unique charging scenarios that need to be taken into account. And 7S is, is relevant um, for helicopter guys. It's not as popular as 6S, obviously, but right. there are certain people who have 14S um, 700s. Mm -hmm. And then I think a lot of the speed helicopters actually use 7S as well. Right. So those chargers, you're typically buying an 8 to 10S uh, charger to charge those specific batteries. Right. And that's common for 800s too, right? I actually would assume so, yeah. Um, the only 800 I can immediately think of is like the T-Rex 800, so that can be used on 12S, but of course on that particular size of a helicopter, I personally would opt for 14S or 27S batteries yeah, just to I think, make I things think a little bit better. Yeah, the logo so the logo eight hundred as well has I think the motor that they recommend is in the KV range for fourteen S. 
Yeah, yeah, it's like 380 to 400 KV. Mm-hmm. And that very much is a 14S specific platform, in my opinion. Yeah, right. And that's the new Logo 800, the plastic frame one. Yes, not the extreme. Correct. <laughs> right. So, speaking of building charge cases, uh, you know, there's many different ways to approach this, right? And, um, and in, in a lot of cases, it seems like because we're hobbyists, of course, we love putting things together and seeing the, the, the final product and, and whatever. So, a lot of times, you know, people will home make, you know, decks or, or cases themselves. Uh, of course, the big new thing, obviously, is 3D printing. Um, and then, of course, in my case, because I'm not that talented, I would probably choose something from Progressive RC or RC Squared, which is, what is it? Is it Rotorcraft RC? Yep, Rotorcraft RC. And then, of course, Radio Contronics. That's a new new kid on the block. I think it's uh, chargingcases.com. And um, uh, Jason, you, on the other hand... You did get your deck from Progressive, but of course it was like one of the last ones tucked away on a shelf somewhere. Yeah, that's for my uh, my tiny charge case. That was definitely one of the right. last few available. And I don't remember what specific Progressive case it was for, Right. but a friend of mine locally had figured out that that particular deck lid was for the case that he also found on Amazon. Mm. And we're using like Seahorse SE mm-hmm. 300s or something like that. Okay. Now you say smaller case. So your larger case, is it from one of the companies that I've mentioned or did you also put that together? No, that, um, that larger one, it's, uh, it's from Rotocraft RC from Joe. Okay. He did a great job on the case and I could have done the labor myself, but at the time I just wanted to turn key solutions. So I was like, Hey Joe, I've got a charger. You do everything else. This is what I want. Go ahead and go for it. And what charger do you have in that? So that's a 308 I charger. And at the time I was actually flying 14 S. So that was an absolute necessity. Right. Do you feel that it lacks in comparison to the 4010? For success people, for people who just fly success? For what I do and how I charge, there's no difference. So I only charge at 2C. Uh, 3C if I'm an, in an absolute rush, and that's very few and far between. Right. Um, so in, in layman's terms, I charge a 5,000 battery, success 5,000 at 10 amps. Right. 99% of the time. And that's more than enough, and I have plenty of overhead on the power supply and the charger. Right. Now, Mike, you actually went with uh, the Radio Contronics, right? Is that correct? Uh, n- well, kind of. I uh, one of our the guys at our field has one of their charge cases, and I liked because I had the the big forty ten, uh, or the the four hundred six duo, and it was in this big giant case with these big honking power supplies. It was heavy. And I wanted something smaller, so I seen what he had. And his is in a little tiny case. It's just barely bigger than the actual charger itself, the iCharger uh, Duo. And uh, I asked him where he got it from, and he got it from the Radio Contronics. So I kind of checked it out and was like, oh, man, I could I could probably make that. Because mm-hmm. uh, I have the power supplies, I have the charger. So really all I need is to buy the case and the deck lid. Oh wow! So I just ended up buying a, a piece of acrylic from 
Uh, I think I got it on eBay. I ordered the seahorse case that it, the same case that they used on there, and kind of mimicked what they had. And I added a couple little things. I put some Bluetooth speakers in the deck lid and stuff, and oh, cool. Put a Bluetooth amplifier in there, and you know, fancied it up a little bit. So, but yeah, same same case uh, that they're using, but I actually built mine to copy theirs, basically. Very cool. So yep. homemade, right? Okay, so let's kind of back it up. Some of us are really fortunate that we have power at our fields. Is there any consideration that you got to give to your power supplies or your charge case when it comes to using a generator? There definitely is. Um, And there's a lot of uh, charging calculators out there, you know, that basically says, okay, we're charging one or two or four of these batteries. And it will calculate some inefficiencies just throughout the process. And you will want to have um, basically overhead in everything. So you don't want to run your 1000 watt Honda generator at 80 to 100% all the time. It's just going to create a lot of stress and probably will reduce the lifespan of the engine um, in the generator. And the same thing goes for the power supply. If you have a thousand watt power supply, you don't want to run the thing at eight, nine, eight to nine hundred or a thousand watts all the time. It's just going to die prematurely. And then, like I said earlier, there's inefficiencies throughout the whole process. So, on a thousand watt generator, you typically, in my opinion, you will want to pull no more than five or six hundred watts out of the generator yeah. from the charger. So that may be like six fifty or seven hundred at the generator. And in easier words, that's basically two 6L 5000s at 10 amps. Okay. And then you can basically double that number if you have a 2000 watt um, generator and have the ability to charge either two more batteries for a total of four, or you're charging at 4C instead of 2C. Oof. <laughs> I or would some, not agree. He's yeah, like, or he's, some I, variation of that. Yeah. Y'all heard that song Firestarter? <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the, the biggest thing that you gotta take into account is that there's always they'll tell you know, even power supplies, they tell you the efficiency is like ninety percent. So right. what you have to do is you gotta give yourself a little bit of headroom, just like ESCs and everything else. Well, they were more prevalent back in the day. But you got to realize that, you know, if it if a power supply is a thousand watts, you don't want to run it at a thousand watts. You might want to run it at most 90 percent of that, which is like 900 watts. So give yourself the room, you know, and not really, you know, max it out every time. Yeah, exactly. And the chargers also should tell you kind of the wattage that they're outputting. And you can easily add 10% to that number. So I usually pull, I think, you know, 400 to 500 watts out of the charger. So I know from the power supply, I'm drawing 5 to 550. Yeah. So usually, and to kind of give guys, you know, girls and ideas, that inefficiency is really heat, right? Correct. Okay. So what what we're saying is that if you, you know, um, you lose because of the resistance and everything else in the whole system, you lose some power output from the power supply through the form of heat. 
Correct. Building your case yourself. So you built your small one, right? Yep. So what kind of stuff, let's say that, you know, I'm looking to try and build one myself. I want to try and collect some stuff. So I've got the case itself. I've got the deck. I've got maybe the AC power cord and the receptacle for that. Um, what else should I grab just to have like a good starter bunch of parts? Uh, so you definitely gave a good list um, to consider. And then also basically how are the charger outputs going to interface with a deck lid? So you have your main positive and negative terminals to connect your charge wires. And of course, the balance board and any other accessories that the charger may have that you may also want to retain functionality of. Um, so the iChargers have two servo ports, I think, on each side of the charger that will allow you to like test servos and other functionality like that. So you can take that into consideration. Um, or if you want some extra items that are not part of the charger, such as like a USB phone charger or LED lights or, you know, whatever extra blender. Um, <laughs> a blender or even extra um, power input from extra chargers on the outside of your case. So like if your friend brings you his charger, hey, can I hook this up to your case? Yeah. You know, here, plug it in. As long as you're not, you know, outputting 100% of the power supply, totally can do that. Okay. And then what kind of wire should we use to do some of the internal wiring? What gauge? It, it will depend on what you want to charge your batteries at. Uh, commonly, I would say 8 to 10 gauge. But if you're charging on the lower end of things, then 10 to 12 would be about as small as I would go. Okay, cool. So it wouldn't hurt to go 10 gauge, even if you are on the lower end? Correct. So, so larger I guess, is, yeah, you, you will have much more overhead with a larger wire um, compared to, you know, a 12 or a 14 gauge wire. Right. Hmm. So I always try to go, you know, bigger that way, you know, you're not going to run into issues with it if you can. Yeah. And you definitely won't ever want to forget um, that you have smaller wire I'm like oh, I'm going to crank this thing up to 40 amps and then oh. something melts inside <laughs> right. I have done that before and I hate to admit it I have I, too yeah. I had all my of a lar- sudden you got gummy worms in the bottom of your charge case <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, ran, uh, I ran the charger once on 12S just because I didn't have any other options and the wire just was not capable of literally double the amps that it normally pulled so I got really lucky and never melted all the way through, but the jackets of most of the wire was actually starting to melt and some of it was dripping. Wow. Yeah, it was it was 10 seconds from a fire when we found out what was going on. Yeah, yeah I had banana that, jacks that were about to melt on one of mine. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And, and that goes um, the same consideration for the power cord as well. Very much like Home Depot or Lowe's sells indoor or outdoor extensions. And they vary in price based on how thick the gauge is. It's the same thing with the um, power wire connector from the power supply or the charger box that goes into the wall. Mm. Um, if it's smaller, you know, it can only handle so many watts. And if you start doubling up what you're doing, the same thing that happened to Scott, it could actually start melting internally before the outside jacket 
does anything. Mm-hmm. And so that right. could create a short end. Who knows what kind of problem that would also do, like a fire or whatever. Yeah, if you're lucky, it's on a breaker. If you're not, boof. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you really want to experience it, just crank one of your chargers to like, let's say, 30 amps. <laughs> and and just hold your hand close to the, the actual um, wire harness that's going to your battery, and you're going to feel the heat. It's yeah. really just straight heat. So think about, uh, you know, the, the best way I could represent it is think of a hose. You know, the smaller the hose, you know, it, it's the more pressure you put into it, the more you're going to feel that hose kind of very hard and very straightforward. Like it's not going to move. But the oh, problem boy. is, yeah, but the problem is, you know, that's where it comes in. You know, the smaller the gauge in this situation, Unlike a pipe, the smaller the gauge, the bigger the pipe is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone experiences it with their batteries when they use them. I mean, if you feel your connectors and you feel your batteries after you ring out a helicopter, like they're they're warm. Yeah. The wires are warm. The batteries are warm. Everything. Yeah. I've even had um, my power plug, my, you know, charger power plug cord on the case get like super duper soft because it was incredibly hot i was like oh okay um we're gonna give this a break right and i'm really lucky that nothing caught on fire wow (laughs) and then i proceeded to order a heavy duty cable the next day right right yeah i had a 3010b with a thousand watt power supply and i was i was maxing it out at 30 amps at the field charging 6s packs and um i had to take the the actual uh what do you call it the um the deck, sorry, and actually kind of like pull it out of the case and kind of set it, you know, diagonal to the case so it would allow air to come in just because <laughs> it just couldn't dissipate. Of course, living here, you know, it's like, you know, in the summer, it, you know, it could be 100 degrees. And in uh, those particular days, it was. And and I did. I melted the banana connector uh, uh, connectors on the, uh, the the deck there, the deck lid. And um, yeah, so very easy to do. Uh, definitely want to pay attention to what you have going on and of course any uh you know your temperatures where you live as well i think sort of play in as well Um, yeah exactly and you know very much i took that into consideration as well when i built my small case it was in the fall going into the winter and everyone was like have you had any problems with heat because i don't have any fans in it i said i don't know we'll find out during the summer next year right (laughs) (laughs) we'll get back to you right right yeah, I would almost venture to say if you live in a very hot environment, Arizona, California, Utah, or maybe not Utah, they get kind of cold, but you know what I mean. Desert environment, somewhere very hot mm-hmm. and humid. Um, try and bump the voltage. If you can do a 48-volt setup, it'll probably do you better for the long run because it won't heat up as much. Right. If you're running 12-volt and you live in the desert, um, poof. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, yeah. So what, what you're saying is the amperage... It is really the killer in yes. the situation. Yes, amperage creates heat, really. Yep. So I, I guess that's the one thing that we have to tell our listeners is that, you know, heat doesn't mean, you know, more power, baby. <laughs> more power, baby. Yeah, you know, it really <laughs> means uh, you might want to kind of rethink the solution. Yeah, definitely yeah. think about where you live, like, you know, Jason was saying, you know. So. Yeah, and and if you're if you're running lighter gauge wire, 
you want to keep your your runs in you know build and charge cases you're not going to have long wire runs mm-hmm. yep uh but the the thinner the gauge the shorter your runs you want to make them you don't want to buy a spool of wire and if it has you know ends already crimped on it or soldered on it don't just throw the whole spool in the bottom of your case and put a lid over it, <laughs> it you know, make sure you're possible. cutting stuff to the length because right, it's yeah. going to get hot you know with, when it has to travel that far sure and if you have questions too you can look that stuff up because they actually have ratings for wire gauge and the voltage and current that is carrying whether it's dc or ac and if, if you got a question you're like i don't really know what to use and i want to make sure it's adequate just look it up i mean it's everywhere on the internet they'll tell you exactly how long of a run you could use at what gauge and what voltage so there's no questioning if it's okay or not but but how do you uh, how do you use google scott I don't know how to use Google. Oh, man. Okay. I, I just make my own mistakes and blow my stuff up. Then go, hey, Jason, <laughs> what happened? Trial uh, uh, by fire. Yeah. So let's dig back just a little bit. You were talking about uh, parallel charging, Scott, and, and you were mentioning that, that you don't do it because it's dangerous. Um, me, on the other hand, I guess I live dangerously. Um, I do, do you parallel. really? Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, uh, my God. I'll do, um, I'll do four packs at once. So again, uh, Heli Heads Podcast is looking for a new host. <laughs> <laughs> and a co-host because I usually, uh, I'll, I'll do two 12S packs on each side of my uh, iCharger. I'll miss you guys. That's eight batteries. Here's the difference, okay? Is oh, that God. I'm lucky if I'm charging at like 1C. Oh no, I cranked that so shit to 2C. Oh God. <laughs> 40 amps per side. Woo! Yeah. yeah. Uh, because even then, like it's mine, mine's capable of twenty amps. But if I'm doing four or five thousand packs, I can't charge at twenty amps because it'll it'll flip my breaker in the house. So the <laughs> most I can do is fifteen amps. It's ridiculous. Darn. Sounds- <laughs> the lights get dim. You should calm the hell down. Yeah, it's ridiculous. With a five hundred watt little charger, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So, but yeah, all the breakers are like 10 amp breakers, 10 or 15 amp breaker. I mean, yeah, they're nothing. So it takes nothing to pop these things. So, yeah, but keep in mind it's 10 amps at 110 volt. We're yeah. not talking 20 volts anymore. It's different. Yeah. 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 Right. It's so also I, AC versus DC. Well, before, yeah. before we move away from parallel charging, um, I, I want to yes, make a disclaimer that from parallel charging. That it, it, it is dangerous and you have to be very, very cautious when you're doing it. Uh, a lot of people discourage it because basically you're taking two batteries and making them one big battery. And if your voltages are wrong, so if you have a, a battery that's charged all the way and you have one that's not charged, it's at 3.8 per cell and you plug them in, you can overcharge that one that's already charged and actually cause a fire. Mm-hmm. You can also mask issues with individual cells. So if you have a cell that's dying and it can't quite hold, get to the right voltage and the other pack is just peachy keen and it's fine, it's going to try and offset that voltage issue. And you, there's a very real chance you're going to blow up that pack that's okay because the one that's dead is under voltage the entire time. Mm. Right. And to clear my name here, I never, ever, ever charge at my house. I only charge at my field. So you can burn other people's property down? So, your no. no, 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 no. <laughs> I have my own table. <laughs> if anybody shits on my table, it's fair game. 
He says Gucci. You can yeah. charge on my charge hole. Yeah, man. Throw your shit. Here, set it right next to these batteries right here. Yeah. <laughs> these are the ones that smell funny. Yeah. So what about charging on generators, though? I know we kind of touched on it just a touch, but what, I mean, are you still the same way? You're only charging individual packs? I mean, are, are you guys letting it rip on parallel on that? I charge parallel all the time. Yeah, see, I do too. I've just gotten never away from much parallel. Yeah, I've gotten away from parallel charging. I think it was the last time I did it was 2012. And since then, I've basically just charged singles. I did it with the drone packs when I used to. Oh, God, I just admitted to being a droner. Um, oh, when I used to fly those. Th- oh, God. <sighs> Host uh, for Helihead Show. You can email us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, drones. <laughs> but he yeah, will, I used to, he will I used print to very large those. D's for many people. Yeah, <laughs> D's. D's with lots of letters inside. Um, <laughs> Not subject to friction issues either. Yeah, parallel charging, right. So the packs were <laughs> crappy. So I'd, I'd start to charge in parallel, and I'd run it for maybe three or four weeks, just charging them up every day, multiple times a day. And it just felt like they didn't have the same oomph using them. And I ended up taking them, and I'd discharge them and recharge them individually, and the packs performed way better. The voltage sag was pretty crazy when I parallel charged them. So I don't know if it's just the balance isn't as good, or if... Some of the packs are just lagging a little bit and they take a little longer to charge and the other pack it's connected to is taking most of the charge or something. I don't know. But the quality of charge was very evident going from parallel charging to charging regular. Hmm. Yeah, I, I well, can't say I've noticed any of that. Well, there's a reason. So story time. Kevin, one time ran a pack until literally just stopped flying. Mm-hmm. Right. So the idea behind it is like, we ran it all the way down to just next to zero. And I've done that. I mean, I think a lot of people have done that, but the only way to bring it back to life was really slow, slow charging. Mm-hmm. And what I mean that way below one C. And how, how many times did we cycle it before it came back? Probably three. At least three, yeah. At least three. So the idea behind it is the 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 less you know complex you do your charging. So if you do success one cell at a time is better than success or twelve s at one time. Yeah. But the idea behind it is that you know if you're just balancing one cell at a time, it does better than you know, balancing 12 cells or six cells at a time. And, and that's what you got to think about, you know, not, not to mean that you can't, but you have to think about it. So we've brought back, you know, cells, you know, six cell batteries all the time from well below 3.3. I mean, I've had a, I had a success uh, battery Below, like where it was a 4,400 cell, or, you know, 4,400 4, milliamp battery that is showed on the tribunus that it would, if we pulled 20, uh, 4,700 milliamps. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. The way I brought it back is very slow, slow charging. Not in your so, house. Yes. 
it was in my house. <laughs> it mm. wasn't your house? Oh, God. It was in my house. Man. But it, it, you have to charge it so slow, you have to almost nurse it back to life. So you have to think about that. Is Yeah, you could charge 6S, you know, 20 milliamp, you know, uh, 20,000 mil, uh, milliamp type battery, but you have to be very, very slow about it. Because you have to allow it for the, the time to balance between each cell. So for whatever it's worth is you have to take all those things into account. You have to take into account what your house could provide for you. So and what I mean by that is what comes in from your house panel, your fuse box, it, it cannot overdrive what goes out into your charger. That's all I have. Right. Well, I mean, okay. So Scott. Yeah. Parallel charging on Mm -hmm. like just a set of, you know, a one stick pack, right? Yeah. If you're parallel charging it with the knowledge that, that you have, how long do you expect that pack to last? Parallel. charging. Uh, I mean, I've only ever done it with uh, drone batteries. I don't, the other ones are just way too expensive for doing that in my eyes. I don't even want to risk it. And I think maybe that's why you don't notice a difference. And I did because I was running a smaller pack that had to work a lot harder in order to make the drone fly half mm-hmm. decent. Could so be. when it wasn't performing and putting out like 100%, it was pretty evident. Where typically people don't use 100% of a 12S helicopter setup. Very rarely do you ever use 100% of it. It's got so much excess power. Sure. I'd agree with that. Um, but yeah, I don't, as far as packs lasting, I don't know. I mean, I have one now that's, um, I think it's about two years old and, uh, I'm only now starting to notice some issues with it. It starts to, starts to get a little fat when I fly it hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to, uh, retire that one. Yeah. It's Sparky Mark. Uh, nice. <laughs> it was, uh, re- it was retired from the start. It was cool. from day one. All right. So Jason. If somebody wanted to get in contact with you and uh, and have a talk with you about helicopters or even charge cases, how would they do that? Uh, honestly, Facebook would be fine. So just Jason Bell on Facebook, nothing special, you know, Jason Bell RC or anything like that. Okay. Um, or they can call in at A-Main and I'm not answering the phones typically through customer service, but they can grab your name and your phone number. We can definitely have a conversation. Or I can email you from work. Um, basically, just email into a main, and I can kind of hop in and take over and answer those questions via email as well. Very cool. All right. Well, Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. We certainly do appreciate you and the knowledge that you've brought to us. And uh, I'll uh, I'll start charging packs individually. No, you won't. You're probably right. I won't. <laughs> We and all of the lithium manufacturers, thank you. Although the small and expensive ones, whatever. Right, right. Let them rip. Yeah, there you go. Especially the ones from Amazon. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, Jason, thank you very much for joining us tonight, man. No problem. My pleasure. All right. You have a good one, sir. All right. Thank you. You guys as well. And if you would like to get in touch with us here at the Helihead Show, uh, then you can email us at theheliheadshow at gmail.com. If you have any show ideas or questions, or if you'd like to be an average Joe, please hit us up. 
we would love to hear from you. Mike, what do we got for uh, other outlets of getting in touch with us? Uh, yeah, like our, make sure you go and like our Facebook page. Uh, follow us and subscribe to us on Podbean and iTunes. Yeah. Since all you guys, all you Podbean haters uh, <laughs> had to have iTunes. If it's not on iTunes, it doesn't count. Uh, right, apparently. So, yeah, make sure you guys are uh, clicking the follow button. That way you guys can keep up with our new episodes as they come out. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, and then, of course, next up, we have Fun Flies coming up. Um, it's not looking good, you guys. Um, we definitely uh, got some bad news the other day. And uh, I actually had reached out to Andy from Freefall and was questioning about their Fun Fly. Uh, and it looks like it has been canceled. So, unfortunately, the Freefall RC Helifest is, at the moment, canceled. Um, but if you're still hungry, we got Cincy Smackdown, June 4th through the 7th. And, uh, Scott, what's that next one there, buddy? Uh, we got the F3N, F3C competition in Goldsboro, North Carolina with our boy, uh, I forgot his name. How did I forget his name? Monty. Monty. (laughs) (laughs) Robert Monty. Yeah. And as far as we know, every time we question, he continues to say, it's going. So, uh, it looks like he said if it's legal, he's there. Right. Right. So, uh, define legal, like, (laughs) we don't got time for that. that? Yeah. No, ain't got no gas in it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dan, who's got the next one? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dan. All right, Dan, if you want to go down that dragonfly. Mm, June 26 through the 28th. Yeah. Yeah, if competition is not your thing, then definitely hit up Dragonfly. That is a definite cool event if you've never been there. I've been there a couple times, It's or once, once or twice. Anyway, I've been there. It's a lot of fun. So, uh, good times. Or, if you uh, hate Southerners, you could always come to the Ohio Heli Throwdown. Go spend some time in Canada Woo-hoo. on the 26th through the 28th. That is our very own yard sales fun fly. Guaranteed to be a good time. All right, let's get it out of here. So, parting words. Gucci, hit it. Hashtag sellout. All in. <laughs> yes, and, indeed. Mm-hmm. And you guys will know what I'm talking about. French fries. The other one I... Mm, fries. Back. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is hashtag back that thing up 2020.5. Yeah. I don't know where that came from, but I just said it. All right, Mike, what you got? Hashtag get your ass out and fly. Hashtag bust up them SABs. <laughs> and hashtag equipo es finter socio. Ducio. You did really Ducio. good. I'm, I'm impressed, actually. It is equipo uh, oh, es finter socio. Yeah, equipo. That is uh, actually, you know, and the sad part is, I'll, I'll full disclosure. Uh, it actually reads, and I quote, Dirty Sphincter Team. <laughs> <laughs> glorious. Oh, gosh. All right, Scott. And we have hashtag electrics 2020.5. <laughs> hashtag share the fun. And hashtag bitch mittens. Perfect. And we have from our boy K-Dub, we got send it till you end it. 
Of course, I am now sellout all in 2020. And as always, I am too old for hold. Thank you very much for listening. This has been episode number 20 with Jason Bell talking charge cases. We'll catch you guys next time. <laughs> Saved by the bell. See ya. Someone help us. Someone help us. <laughs> help us. What time, what time we get a Hey, listen. We're going there? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I got you. <laughs> what was that? <laughs>